Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. To the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Grumpy, how are you doing this Saturday evening? Good. Feeling really good. Uh, it's kind of a little bit of a loud, resounding good. What's going on with you, Grump? Oh, the weather was nice today. Uh, Islanders won Thursday night. The young players look good. Barry Trotz looks like somebody told them to listen to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast to kind of tell them what to do. Looks like he heeded our warnings, and the team performed wonderfully. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, we'll take a deep dive into it, Grump. Um, but before we get started, uh, this is a twice a week Islanders podcast. And for those of you who are new, we invite you to stick around a while. We invite you to come back. We go live every single Wednesday and Saturday at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. And to make sure you don't miss out on any of the action, make sure you subscribe on YouTube like on Facebook, and follow on Twitter. We also cover most Islander games live, or a good handful of the Islander games live. We do not cover games on Thursdays or Sundays because we have another show called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That is a show that we just talk sports and shoot the shit. You can find that in the link in the description below, or you can find it as a featured channel on YouTube Grumpy underneath. So to make sure you don't miss out on any of that action, make sure you subscribe also. Give it a check out, Grumpy Old Man. Um, that being said. I will check that out. Oh, you're going to check that out, huh? Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> and here's that. It's called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. That being said, Grump, Islanders beat the Boston Bruins. Um, Kiefer Bellows back in the lineup. Kiefer Bellows making waves on social media. People talking about how fantastic of a performance Kiefer Bellows had. And albeit, he played really well on Thursday. Um, If you wanted to know how good Kiefer Bellows did, it, uh, is, all you had to do was listen to this podcast. We've been espousing his virtues for the last couple of years. Barry played him. I mean, think about it. Josh Bailey injured. Woohoo! I mean, talk about uh, talk about the 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 daily double. Josh Bailey injured. Kiefer Bellows comes in, plays a game, has five shots on goal, four hits, and an assist, all because of his aggressiveness going towards the net, uh, working with someone who he has no chemistry with, according to uh, Barry Trotz, Matt Barzell. Go figure. 
Well, yeah, what what you're talking about, Grumpy, and fold that fold that for us a little closer to your face as always. Thank you, Grumpy old man. Um, You've got problems, man. You got some issues. Oh, good gracious. Um, but yeah, well, you do you like how you just go ahead and unload everything? I like to build things slowly, Grump, and Grump just likes coming out with it. That being said, yeah, Bellows did find his his way back into the lineup. Um, played really well uh, again through the body run, just as you'd mentioned. He. On the left wing, he's always played extremely, or he's played very well this season. And uh, it's good to see when he did make his reappearance back in the lineup, they didn't throw him at right wing. They put him, you know, they put Anthony Bavillier, a more seasoned individual there at the right wing position. And uh, we saw success. We saw success from the team, albeit, you know, the Bruins are a team again in disarray at the moment, and Marchant's still out. And I think it was Bergeron's first game back. True, correct. Yep, Boston's having some issues. Oh, well, that's what happens. All right, we're still not making the playoffs. Boston would have to totally implode and fall apart, right? Let's be honest. It's the only team we have a chance, and we're still, if all the games that we have in hand, we'd still be eight points back of the playoff spot. So it just it's, it's not happening. But, I mean, I was really excited by Kiefer Bellows' play and Noah Dobson, once again, I think Barry said, you know what? Or maybe someone said to him, you better let these guys play their game, Barry. And all of a sudden, they're performing wonderfully, and the Islanders are winning games. Mm. Well, let, let, let's let's talk a little bit about Kiefer Bellis before we go ahead and transition into Noah Dobson and, and you know the youth, the younger individuals stepping up for the Islanders. Now, Grump, Kiefer Bellis this year has played well when he's been on the left wing, right? 18 out of the 21, 21 games he's played this season at left wing. He's recorded three goals and seven assists, 10 total points. He's got 10 points in an 18 game clip at left wing. Some in a top six role, some in a bottom six role. Nonetheless, and he's also been a plus three over that time period. When he's played on the left wing, he's been much more comfortable than playing on his off wing. That being said, Barry Trotz made a comment after the game, and he said that he he believes that Kiefer Bellis has earned himself a spot, and that he's probably ready to transfer over onto a full time basis. Okay, who are you going to sit out? Who are you going to sit out? Well, because once again, he's a top six player. He's not a bottom six player. He's a top six guy, and he played on the second line. Well, do you want to hear the funny thing? Now and again, I will I will tell you this, Grumpy. I want you to take deep breaths beat breaths for this one there was an individual who was out not practicing today um rumor has it he was banged up with an upper body injury which is why he was not on the ice but uh here's your saturday practice lineup we'll go down the right wings kyle palmieri anthony bavillier josh bailey and cal clutterbuck what's one right winger we're not oh. noticing on that list Given it could because he's injury could just be a little bit of a you know a, a, a niggle a little bit of he's banged up um, but Oliver Wallstrom, not at Saturday's practice. Yeah, well, he was day to day. He was listed as day to day. Yes, that's fine. Um, but once but, again, that's once a, that's again. a good question. Long term, right? If Kiefer Bellows is going to be in the lineup and he thinks he's earned himself a spot full time, and I think Kiefer has, who's going to be the odd man out? Who sits? And that's the dilemma you have when you sign a bunch of ham and eggers to long term deals. That's the issue you have. There's no spot for a younger guy to break into the lineup. I mean, 
Are we going to see Bailey be a healthy scratch? I mean, let's be honest. I don't care how many secondary assists he has. He's been terrible this year. I mean, Parise, yeah, he skates up and down the wing. I'm sorry. If he's going to be in this lineup, he needs to be on the fourth line. I mean, I have no problem putting Bavillier with Pajot. Bellows, ha- and I, once again, I'd much rather have Barzell with Bellows and Palmieri up top. If you're not going to play Wallstrom up top, I'd rather have Palmieri up there on the first line with Barzell and put Bellows in Lee's spot. Drop Lee down in the lineup. I don't disagree with you on the on the dropping lead in the lineup. I, here's the thing. I think Bellos needs to find a spot. I'd like him in a top six role. I'd like a guy like Oliver Wallstrom in a top six role. But it comes down to the question of who will sit, and I'll get back to that, right? I don't think we necessarily addressed who's going to be the odd man out who sits. They're not sitting Matt Martin. Matt Martin hasn't played well. So it's not like we can just go ahead and slide down a guy like Parise to play, you know, the fourth line left wing and then play him with a whole bunch of special teams units so he still gets his minutes. You're going to be in a situation where you're not sitting Anders Lee. You're not going to be sitting Zach Parise. You're not going to be sitting Matt Martin. In all likelihood, you're not sitting Anthony Bavillier. You're not sitting Kyle Palmieri. And I assume you're not sitting Kyle Clutterbuck. Does Bailey get sat? Or is it going to be Oliver Wallstrom? Right now he's hurt. But when Oliver Wallstrom's healthy, who sits? To me, it's Martin who sits. And you drop Parise down to the fourth line. No, no, no. I, I know that's what we would like to have happen. You would like to have happen. Do you think Barry Trotz would even entertain that idea? I don't. Uh, I, you can't sit Wallstrom. You can't sit Wallstrom. I, I mean, could see him rolling between Wallstrom and Kiefer Bellows on a game in game out basis, depending on who he thinks is the hot hand. Because Bellows did play well this recent game. How much? How much of a rope do you think that earns him? Right? What does that give him? One two games and if he doesn't continue at that level every single game right he'll find a way to put him back down as a healthy scratch i just i find it really hard i i, I don't know i find it really tough to believe that now he's going to give Kiefer bellows a shot game in game out to make a mark in the lineup he's he's never done it before and i don't know was it like the boston game was that like a light flip moment for you did it really take you that long to switch the light for you barry okay unless he got an edict from up above you got to play. We got to start playing the younger players. Old guys aren't doing the job. And maybe he's going to start sitting Bailey or Martin or just rotating the older guys out and letting the younger guys stay in the lineup. That's that's what we have to do. That's optimal. I mean, I realize we're not going to be able to move all those guys at the trade deadline, but that should be what Lamarillo is trying to do with the deadline with the trade deadline coming up starting to move some of the top, maybe one or two of the top six guys out. So it creates the spaces for Bellows and Wallstrom to play consistent minutes in the roles where their skill set is most advantageous. That's in the top six. That's what needs to happen. I've heard, and we've got Phil's facts coming on the podcast this Wednesday. I'm excited, Grump. Phil's facts, Grumpy. Oh, he's so boring. Oh, but... um, uh, <laughs> it's funny. People are wondering, and Phil, I think, was one of those, and we'll talk about it on the podcast on Wednesday, too. But he's wondering, hey, maybe this increases trade value so you can trade away Kiefer Bellos at this year's trade deadline. And I think to myself, I'm like, 
oh, uh, you know, we've talked about players who are young, players that could maybe make a step, players that show the ability. Why would you be looking to trade away a guy like Kiefer Bellows, who is young, who does have value, I think at least, and is showing that, hey, I'm, I'm ready to be a full-time NHLer. Why would, why would we be looking to trade away a guy like that? We, have, we are bare bones when it comes down to young, talented forwards. Kiefer Bellows is still young, and he's talented, and he's a forward. I really don't think that that's what they're thinking, though. I mean, do you think I it's really, oddly convenient that he's like he's now earned himself a chance to be a full-time player? Maybe they come. To, do you think the timing is <laughs> mysterious? No, what I think is that the Buffalo loss signaled to them season's over. In management, even trots realize it. Season's over, and now you're looking to next year. And what I've been espousing all season, well, pretty much since the end of November, beginning of December is just play the young guys to find out who can be the solution going forward, find out what you have uh, in the younger players, because there's going to need to be drastic player movement this off season. Just going to have, it's going to have to happen if you want to remain competitive in the short term. And I just think that maybe they're at that point now, at least that's what, that's what my hope is. They're not going to compromise anybody's ice time that they're looking to move at the deadline or they think has value that they can move at the deadline. You're not going to see a guy like like a Parise, like a Clutterbuck, like an, like an Andy Green, like a Zidane Char. None of those guys are going to have any of their minutes compromised. Well, they sat Andy Green, to... though. But they sat that... Andy Green. Well, it was right? for one game. Well, it was two games, too. I don't think he played. I, he didn't play against Boston. Did he? I don't believe he did. Pull that up if you could draw that out for like two or three yeah. seconds. Okay, but here's the thing. Uh, you know, this is weird because I'm the Islander optimist today because I like what I've seen in the last yeah, game. The last time he played was against Calgary. There you go. So he's been out the last two games. So, I mean, I don't think it's that either. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with ice time. They might be trying to move Andy Green. Maybe they're giving him a rest. I don't know. Um, but that's what I'm thinking. It's about playing the younger guys now because that Buffalo loss was devastating. If you can't beat Buffalo, season's over. You're so many points behind. Uh, it's about playing the younger guys now. And maybe they're just hoping to move them all, break them in easily, move them in. Bellows has earned a spot, according to Barry. Uh, hopefully, Wallstrom is the same. I know he had a little, little injury, so hopefully he'll be in there. And then you got to just uh, filter out the older guys. Let them be the healthy scratches night after night. Okay. I don't think okay. there's anything to do with the trade deadline, though. I really don't. Let me ask you this. You said now you feel like you have to be the optimist. I'm not being pessimistic, Grump. What do no, you think no. you're being pessimist pessimistic about? No, 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 no. no. I, I just feel like if I have to defend what the Islanders are doing, that's usually not my role, which is fine. I mean, if you're you're angry today, believe me, I am happy with what they did against Boston. And I'm, happy I'm not saying I'm not happy. I'm just trying to. People are wondering what has caused a sudden change. Season's over. Well, okay. they, so you imagine. really just think this is the season's over. Now we're going to start rotating more younger players in. We're, we're looking to find out what we've got on the team. That's what I've been uh, pining for all season. All season. Okay. No, no, no. And you I saw them do it for a game. So call me a blind optimist. What can I tell you? That's what I'm hoping it's going to be like the rest of the season. 
Oh my goodness, Grumpy. My goodness. You're gonna kill me today. Um, but uh no, all I'm saying is so you think it's just a light flitch of hey, we lost to Buffalo, now we're ready to go young. We're ready to see what we've got on the team. You just think it was that game in particular. I I, I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, did you see the article that Andrew Gross put out? No. Breaking down, oh, will Lou be a seller at the deadline? Usually it's not the case. And he was he was breaking down. He was and again, you got to pay for it, but he was breaking down essentially, you know, will he be in this situation where he's a seller or is he gonna still be looking to go ahead and you know scrap together every single point to win games? And I think to myself, I'm like, yikes, I hope that's not the mentality of a guy like Lou Lamarillo at this point. No, I don't think it is either. I mean, you, they can try to continue to push that narrative, but it's over. It's over. The season's over. I know it's over. I, the biggest thing that we've always talked about is does Lou think it's over? Okay. And does Barry think it's over? I think they I think they see the writing on the wall for certain, but I, mm. everyone knows it's over. Chris Chris Botta put out an article today or a podcast uh saying how that Lou needs to worry about next year. It's all about next year. This season's done. I mean, think about it. For him to come out and say that. It's. I mean, everyone's been late to that. Late to that uh, party. I mean, we we started the party. We got there early. We had the drinks out. We had the you know the all the snacks and the hors d'oeuvres. Everything was there. Now everyone's showing up to our party. So you've been you're hurdy hammer drunk. You've been at the party drinking drinking <laughs> drinking much. the seasons over Kool Aid and now, and now I'm, you. I'm coming. I'm coming down off my buzz already. Everyone else is just hopping on. You know, hey, been there, done that. You should have been listening to us for quite a while. We knew what was going on. So obvious. And here's the thing. If I, if you and I know it, and the loyal listeners of this podcast know it, Lou Lamarillo knows it too. They listen to us. They know. They know. It's all right. They listen to us. They know, says Grumpy. I want you to listen to the quotes. And this was the post came speaking directly about Kiefer Bells, just so you had this for context. Anyway, it was unable to catch this uh, Thursday evening. What did you think of Bellows' overall game? Obviously, it was noticeable in the offensive zone. Yeah, no, he was, uh, he was good. And, you know, I would say in, uh, all three zones for me, I thought he, you know, in the, in the D zone, he had pretty good detail, he had good wall play. Uh, he was hard on the battles through the neutral zone. He had good details. And in the offensive zone, he, he was good. I mean, I think, uh, off the, I think he had six hits. I'd have to look at that on, uh, something like that. Uh, he made a really, a real solid play on the, the Barzell goal. Uh, he was shooting the puck, and, and he and he he played with firmness, and that's the game that you you want from Kiefer, uh, uh, night in and night out. Uh, I think that's the game, you know, that's a little bit of a blueprint for him um, to be a real productive player in this league. So he comes out obviously speaking very well and glowingly of Kiefer Bellows. Now, there's something that you and I have talked about on this podcast regarding young players breaking their way into the NHL and what is ultimately crucial for them to be successful. Do you know what I'm talking about, Grumpy? Do you know what I'm hinting at? Confidence. Confidence, showing confidence in the young players. We've been talking about it all year. All year. Well, it's funny, right? You mentioned confidence and how key it is, especially for a young guy who, you know, emotions are there. You know, the highs are higher and the lows are lower because it's, you know, one of the, it's the first time really being up there. You know, they're new to everything. Well, look at Kiefer Bellos' statements here. Now, this was made, um, this was made the the morning after, I think Friday morning this was. Uh, Kiefer Bellos on Barry Trotz's comments about him this morning. Hearing that gives me confidence. 
Just play hard for the guys. That's the goal. Play my game and hopefully it sticks. Having a player that feels confident because he feels like the coach supports him and the coach is behind what he's seeing does wonders for a young man's game. It really does. And when you talk about cultivating a, a you know a good relationship between player and coach and cultivating these younger players, that's how you have to do it. You Very have true. to show confidence. You have to be able to instill that, hey, I agree with what you're doing out there. We think you're going to be one of the pieces. We believe in you, right? You know, he was like, at a time period when you keep telling the player, your time's coming, just wait, just wait. That's what they always tell them in the locker room. If you're not playing and you're unhappy about playing time, they're going to do whatever they can to try to ease and and soothe waters. Your time's coming. You got to be patient. You got to do this. You got to do that. They say that shit all the time. But when a player's out there on the ice and he performs, and he knows he, you know, attaboys don't go around like handing out candy on Halloween for Barry Trotz, but he catches an attaboy in a post game interview. That means a lot for him. And I'm going to be interested to see how his confidence carries over in these next few games for Kiefer Bellows. Right. I mean, is Barry just saying that to the press? Does he really believe it? I don't know. But maybe Kiefer Bellows is feeling it. And sometimes that's all it means. Like That's I all said, that matters. Right. When Lane Lambert was coaching, Kiefer Bellows was playing the same way. So maybe it's a maybe it's a new thing. Maybe they've just come to realize, okay, the veteran thing didn't work out. Now we have to look at plan two. And I just think Barry Trotz is not stupid either. He's not dumb. Maybe he's just finally come to realize, you know what? Maybe it's just time to play the younger guys because they give us more jump. They give us more energy. We're able to play more of a Islander, uh, Islander hockey style of game. And, you know, I'm just going to pump these guys tires up. I mean, usually the only time he ever compliments a younger player is when he knows that he's going to be sent down as no shot of playing, but maybe it's just not the case here or in preseason. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's the only time he's handing out compliments. <laughs> to younger guys. Um, and I know you wanted, and I want to open up the floor. I know you wanted to talk about Noah Dobson again. Eight goals. Oh, man, feeling pretty good. I know last time Phil's on the podcast, I said I feel pretty confident Noah Dobson was going to come away this season with 10 goals. And hey, I'm sitting, I'm sitting pretty right now, Grumpy. Wasn't wasn't uh Phil also the one who said that uh, Keeper Bellows couldn't play? Uh, he amongst the many of our guests. Okay, so yes, okay. That's what I thought. Play. That's why we I thought. The okay. only ones. And again, do you remember who was out there defending Kiefer earlier on in the season when he had one bad game? We said, yeah, we'll call it, we'll call a spade a spade. He didn't play well. You know, we'll call it as simple as it is. That one, that one game when he's throwing in, you know, and he and, and I think it was Anders Lee had a stomach bug, and they said, you know, 30, 45 minutes, maybe an hour, two hours before game time. They say, Hey, you're in the lineup. He said, Don't let that define you. Don't let that, you know, muddle up your picture of this guy's, you know, what type of work he can put together as a whole. And, um, you know, we, I think we've been proven right, at, at least in this circumstance. Kiefer Bellos is a guy who can contribute at an NHL level, which is what we've always believed if given a shot. Right. And hopefully they're giving him that shot. Okay, Kiefer Bellows is what, 23? Yeah, 23. He should have already been in the NHL playing a regular shift. Yes. Already should have been. Yes. Why? Because this way you maximize his value while he's on his entry-level deal. I realize that uh, it's his second contract now, but he's not getting paid big money. That's how you maximize the, the, your uh, salary cap situation. 
I, like I said, it's just frustrating me. But just one thing I looked at, you know, I, I was saying, you know, particularly when uh, Bellows took five shots on goal uh, in the game the other night against Boston, I said to myself, you know what? He essentially took Josh Bailey's position. I'm just wondering how close he was to shots taken and on goal as opposed to Josh Bailey. And I looked it up, and he only has six less shots on goal than Josh Bailey. But You're talking for the season, Grumpy? You really season. have to be specific, for the season. man. You kind yeah, of just announced it. For the season, in 415 less minutes played. Think about that. Think about that. How does Josh Bailey get a spot in the lineup every night? On the power play, as a top six forward, he never shoots the puck. Mm. I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer, right? Josh Bailey's a bottom six player. That's where he should be. And uh, Kiefer Bell is a top six player. That's where he should be. If you want to shuffle the guys on the bottom two pairs, go for it. I don't care. But Kiefer Bellow should be playing the top six, as should Oliver Wallstrom. I just thought the numbers – I just thought I was surprised the numbers were even that close, honestly. I didn't realize that the numbers were, were – that you, he only had six more shots on goal. Were you, were you really shocked by that? Josh Bailey never shoots the puck. Kiefer Bellows has a shoot-first mentality. I, I I didn't know what the numbers would have been. Honestly, I thought you were about to say Kiefer Bellows in half the amount of games and half the ice time has more shots on goal than Josh Bailey. I would have been like, it doesn't shock me, but uh, you know, in the same token, I you that's not something you would expect. Right. I mean, Bellows plays like 12 minutes a night in 21 games. Bailey, 38 games, 17 and a half minutes a night. You do the math. Yeah, but see, he plays about he plays about twice you know twice the amount of games and twice the amount of ice time. Right. And the difference is six shots on goal. And this is with Bellows playing on a third line. Yeah. And not and, playing on the power play. I was about to say. Yeah. So that doesn't no, it doesn't answer your question. It doesn't shock me too much, grumpy old man. Um, but I want you to talk a little bit about no adoption. I want to get you back on the point you were trying to make earlier. You wanted to speak about him, so I wanted to open up. Noah Dobson had a good game against the the uh, the um, against the Boston Bruins. Had a goal and an assist, and looked involved on the offensive side of the puck. His game has grown leaps and bounds in the last month and a half, in my opinion. Particularly when Lambert was coach, then when Trotz came back, he kind of once again stepped back. But now you're seeing, okay, he's certainly directly involved with the offense. He's third leading scorer on the team now. Think about that. I know it's only 22 points, but he's still the third leading scorer on this team. And you're seeing him jump in the offensive zone a lot more and generating the offense. I also think that's part of because the season's over. And Barry's just saying, okay, let's just roll with it and see what these young guys can deliver. I really believe that's what it is. That's what I'm hoping it is. Of course, we're going to give it a few more games to see. I think you're jumping to conclusions Maybe I am. really that's- early on that. I'm just an eternal optimist. I'm not negative like you. No, I don't even think it's that, Grump. I just think you're that's because that's what you want to have happen. And you're using one game and one performance where the young guys played well to say, oh, great. They saw that's the case, and that's what they're going to continue to roll with. I don't know. I don't think they're at that point yet. I, I hope at one point they will be at that point this season. I just, if there's anything I've noticed, is doesn't matter how well the young guys play, they could play well. You know, for a two, three, four game stretch, as soon as they have a moment or a lapse in error and judgment and they struggle on the ice, they immediately get shuffled around and say, You're going to take the back seat. Yeah. And again, I don't think that's going to be the case with Dobson, right? Dobson needs to be the guy 
going forward. He, I think he's got your highest ceiling out of any defenseman on this team. He does make mistakes in the defensive side of the on the defensive zone, but every defenseman on our team makes mistakes on the defensive zone. Ryan Pulak does, Adam Pellick does, Dano Chart, every single defenseman does. And he's got five points in his last five games. Noah Dobson, that is. And I just think you're starting to see his maturation process. Barry said he's not just, you know, a player on the team now. He's an integral part of the team. So maybe he's loosening the reins on him a little bit. That's you're right. And you're hundred percent right. That's what I'm hoping. You're right. I'm trying to will it to happen right now. I think I think it's the case with Dobson like that. I don't think it's the case with Belochet. I you know, I, I I'm a little more um cautious when I hear that because I think to myself, if he's gonna be a full time guy, who's gonna take the sit? I don't think Martin's gonna take the sit like you want. There's no way in hell they're sitting out Martin. They're not sitting Parise, they're not sitting Anders Lee, they're not sitting Anthony Bavillier, they're not sitting they're not sitting uh Cal Clutterbuck, right? That means we only have about three guys where I could even entertain the idea that the, they could possibly sit. Either Kyle Palmieri, Oliver Wallstrom, Josh Bailey, or Kiefer Bellows. Okay. So you could just say, hey, Kiefer Bellows is ready to be a full-time guy, and then he sends him back down where he's a healthy scratch game in and game out, or we're going to sit one of those three right wings. But the deadline's coming up, too, within the next, what, three, four months, weeks? Months, yeah. Okay. So within the next four weeks, it's coming up. So, you know, maybe they move a Clutterbuck or they move a Parise or maybe both. And that gets rid of the glut uh, of the winger problem that you have right now. My concern is I just want to see Kiefer Bellows playing on a top two, a top two lines. That's it. I don't want him playing on the third line. I want him on one of the top six lines. One of the top two lines, one of the top six players. Right, the top six players, yes. Um, but I don't disagree. I'm just saying – Take everything with a grain of salt when we start hearing that. And I always think to myself, when has he complimented young players? He's complimented them when he has absolutely no intentions on playing them. I do believe he will give Kiefer Bellows a fair shake at it just based off of where we are in the season and based off of how the team has performed. I do think and I hope Kiefer Bellows will get a fair shake at a legitimate roster spot. I just hope it does not come at the expense of a guy like Oliver Wallstrom. That's my biggest hope. And I hope it's not like, hey, we're going to do that and Oliver Wallstrom's going to be the odd man out or Oliver Wallstrom and Kiefer Bellows are going to be you know, alternating game in, game out before we go ahead and make a move, which may be another two or three weeks. That's what I hope doesn't happen. Is it a possibility? Certainly. But just I'm trying to think who's going to be the odd man out. Well, like I said, uh, if you go by who's delivering and who's playing well, Matt Martin is the guy who sits. And you just like Johnson should be playing every night over Matt Martin. Yeah. Well, guess what? Josh Bailey should never be in the lineup either. Never. I know. That's why when you say let's let's take a look at who's performed and determine who should be on the ice, Barry doesn't use that equation. So okay. Like I said, that's what most people would do, and that's what I'm doing. I want the best players to play. As far as I'm concerned, you could sit Anders Lee practically any night. He's not produced. I know he has some goals. A lot of those tip-in, tap-in ones, great. Kiefer Bellows can play that role just as well, just as well, with a better shot. I just, like I said, but who's not really producing? Bailey, Palmieri, Bailey, Martin. Bailey. Let's be, those are the three most underwhelming players in the lineup this year. I mean, I, I don't think it's even close um, to who's next. I, ooh, I put Jean-Gabriel Pajot's on that list for me. 
Okay, but he's a, he's your third line center. Uh, you said under underperforming players, at least from what I've grown accustomed to for Jean Gabriel Pajot, he's underperformed in my book. Yeah, but he's got 15 points this year, right? I mean, he's got seven goals. I, okay. I don't know. I just I, I, here's the thing. I like JG Pajot. You're right; he hasn't been as good, but I think that Bailey Palmieri and Martin have been worse than he has this year. I don't think he's been good, but he's been better than those three. I just okay. I'm I got to pull up the stats recently for Jean Gabriel Pajot because I mean, like when you look at it, I think he benefits a lot from the line mates. Where in the past, I think it's been Jean Gabriel Pajot has been the line driver. I'm not saying he hasn't shown moments where he could be a line driver. I think it's just changed a bit. I think last year he was a line driver for that third line all the time. Now yes. it's not as much the case. I think yeah. you're seeing more line drive, more of the line being driven by Parise, more of the line being driven by uh, Wallstrom when he's playing well. And it's just like, ooh, when I see that, I worry what we see, what we're going to have going forward in store for Jean Gabriel Pajot. I mean, that's all body frame plays a hard physical style and he's 29 years old. I mean, I agree. He's not been as good as he has in the past. We don't know if it's, if he's just hit that wall for a smaller guy with that playing style, or if he's still injured in some way, we don't know. Um, But that's been, honestly, that's been the Islanders most consistent line all year long, even with him underperforming. I think that third line night in night out, has been their best line for most of the season. Hey, best third line in all hockey, Grump. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, man, oh, man. Um, but, Grump, uh, we're going to go ahead and get to an ad read here today um, by oh. DraftKings. Uh, Hoop fans, uh, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 years or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific re- uh, responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum of a $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text TN Redline, which is 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y, which is 467-369. Ho, Penny. Ho, Penny, Grumpy knows. Hey, as long as you know, Grumpy, as long as you know. You have a gambling problem, get help, please. Absolutely. Absolutely, Grumpy. Um, I love how we say that at the end of every single time we read. Well, I like <laughs> to say that because... I know, I know, I do too. Yeah, I mean, if someone truly has a gambling problem, we're not, well, I'm not espousing that they go out gambling if they have an issue like that. For certain. 
Um, Drew L says, yeah, guys, literally couldn't have picked a better day to stream. I've been sitting in my room all day doing homework for school and college. Well, hopefully we're expanding your educational horizons with this Islander podcast. My gosh. Scott L saying, good evening, guys. What's up, Scott? Frank K saying, Boston may be in the running for Marc-Andre Fleury. They need a goalie. Sorokin made a great rebound at at one uh, at one v one. He had a couple of back to back saves when the score was one one. The first goal is one he wants back. One of those, you know, not getting up against the pipe. It almost looked like his skate got caught uh, on the post, and he couldn't get his body all the way over. He's trying to come across. I don't know. Nice shot by Taylor Hall. Uh, but he's got to have that one, you know. It hits but, off the post and bounces off his back and goes in the net. Yeah. It's a fluky goal. It's one you don't want to give up. And Butch made sure for the rest of the night to talk about how that was a weak goal. Ah. Uh, you know, even when we won, he kept mentioning that was a weak goal. Okay, we won the game, and he made a couple, and I know the saves that Frank is alluding to, back-to-back. Just his athletic ability is what enabled him to make that secondary save in particular. It's tremendous. Well, let me ask you. I mean, Sorokin's kind of been letting in some weak caliber goals. Now, I want to ask where you value Sorokin, grumpy old man. What you think of his worth? Where do you put him regarding top goalies in the NHL? I think he's probably top 10. I'd agree. I think he's kind of towards probably about 8, 9, or 10 around that spot. I think he's got the ability still to grow. And and to and you know build himself into you know even more talented goalie, but I think I, even with you know the week he lets in and the inconsistency sometimes in his game, I think he's been everything you could want from him to be this season. It's coming up with the big save at the big moment. That's the most important thing from a goaltender. I'm not saying that you should you know give up weak goals every night, but every goalie goes through ups and downs. Every single one. As great as Shesterkin has been this year, he was terrible last year. That's the way it is with goalies sometimes. You know, they're up sometimes, they're down sometimes. Sometimes they just have terrible years. But uh, like I said, this kid's a true number one, and it's his athletic ability that sets him apart. Um, Yes, he's given up a few weekies recently. That's not why we're losing games. Our defense has been terrible, out of position, um, just giving guys – primo scoring chances and i mean that's just the way it is sometimes but to me he's still top 10 in the league yeah no i, I think he's top 10 I, goalies have never been the issue on this team mm-hmm. our goalie coaches are fantastic and we've got the ability to turn I, you know <laughs> you've got the really the ability you know to, to find a diamond in a rough or to you know to really polish up you know, whatever type of gem you have coming your way. Pierre Greco and Mitch Korn in this system really do allow goalies to succeed. But Sorokin, I put him as a top 10 goalie in the NHL. What I think about, you know, Frank's other comment about Boston possibly being the running for um, Marc-Andre Fleury, uh, that's what I was saying earlier in the year. If you're looking for a goaltender who said, oh, Varlamov, he's number one. No, it's Flurry. And that's what I said back, I don't know when it was, December, the end of November, when we were talking about possibly who would want, you know, Varlamov, I said, you know, who's the number one goalie on the market? To me, it was always Mark Andre Fleury. And we got some, uh, at least I got some fight back by other guests on the show. Say, well, why would he wouldn't want to believe again? Well, you think he wants to stay in Chicago? His numbers have been really good considering how bad that Chicago team is. And he's the guy 
here's the thing. Boston's not winning a Stanley Cup either, people. Absolutely not. They're not good enough. But, you know, they're big on the playoff revenue. So, uh, you know, if you get flurry, that pretty much cements you making the playoffs. Okay. I, I, here's the thing. Boston has two competent goalies, in my opinion. Mm. I'll flat out say it. Jeremy Swayman's a real damn good goalie. He's a really good goalie. And the fact that, again, like we talk about, you know, willing to put it, it <laughs> and when, who you roll out there, Linus Olmark is not the long-term answer for Boston in that. It's Swayman. I think okay. Swayman's a really good, solid netminder, too. True. Who's a better goalie right now, Flurry or Swayman? It's Flurry. Okay. It's Mark Andre Flurry. I don't know, Grump. I don't watch enough. I don't watch enough Chicago games to be the judge of that. His I really goals don't. against is really good. His save percentage is good. Swayman has been up and down this year. Goals against is Mark Andre Flurry's goals against is a two eight zero, and his save percentage is a one nine one two. That's not great by any stretch of the imagination, Grump. They play in a different system. That's why I said I don't watch enough Chicago games to tell you really how great Mark Andre Flurry's been this year. I can't okay. tell you that. Goalies are up and down. Chicago has been terrible defensively this year, just terrible. Okay. And Boston is a solid defensive team, but Swayman's been kind of up and down. Swayman has a 923 save percentage and a 215 goals against average. That's okay. not up and down. That's a really solid net miner for a guy who's 23 years old. Yeah, but he's been giving up a lot of weak goals too this oh, year. Shit. I'm just you know saying. What? I'll take a goalie. If he's going to have a nine, a nine two five, a nine three, whatever save percentage you want to throw out there above a nine two, if he's going to let in some weak goals and give up on average two goals a game, he's I'll let that slide. He's basically still a rookie. He's <sighs> basically still a rookie. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing that they shouldn't look to help bloister up possibly for a one year item, but I'm just like that's why you. That's why you sign Linus Olmark is to be. You know, if if Tuka Rash was not able to come back, that's why you brought in Olmark. Well, what are Omar's numbers this year? I mean, I, you know, I don't know, but he's been underwhelming. They gave him a five, you know, five million per for I don't know how many years. I think it was four year deal. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a bad his, contract signing. His his goals against average is um, a two seven eight save percentage, or I'm sorry, his goals against average is a two seven nine, and his save percentage is a nine zero nine. Okay, he doesn't play great. Okay, so Mark Andre Fleury is definitely an upgrade over him. Just because of the styles that the two teams play. All I'm gonna say is Swayman is the answer going forward. Yes. Why not why not give it to the high goalie? Why not give it? I mean, Swayman killed it, killed it in college, killed it in the A, and it's done really well in the NHL. I, I'm not saying you just said so yourself. Boston's not in a position to where they're winning a Stanley Cup. And you talk about a team that's in no man's land. Boston Bruins are entering in the no man's land. Brad Marchant's not getting any younger. You know, Bergeron not getting any younger. I mean, that's a team that's looking, hey, they're going to have to revamp in some capacity, right? They still got Pasternak. They've got Taylor Hall, but they're going to have to revamp. The same way the Islanders going to have to revamp. 100% young pieces, but they're going to have to revamp just because how, how old some of these important pieces are for their team. 100% agree. 100% agree. Mm -hmm. But they're not going to trade the whole team. You know, I mean, if I was them, I'd follow the same path that I've said about the Islanders. You keep your big names, your big guys, but other than that, you try to move whatever you can and just kind of do, you know, that soft rebuild or whatever the heck you want to call it. Joel says, put your sub counter up. You're literally one sub away from a 500. There you go, Grumpy. I'll let you see it here. There you go, Grumpy. Yeah, let's do that. I want to see. I need to see that number at 500. Oh, man, 499 just looks bad, doesn't it? 
<laughs> we'll take it down. Yeah, Boston after Flurry. They need a goalie. Sorokin yeah, made a great left pad save at 1v1. Bellos is such a difference in this lineup. That's what youth does. That's what youth does. Well, you talk about guys who are hungry, guys that are trying to fight, you know, to get their spot in the NHL on a consistent basis. You know, that that's right. For certain it is. Scottell said, yes, we all know that, but Barry will sit him. <laughs> for 10 straight games in favor of Bailey when he comes back. I'll be so disappointed if that's what happens. I'm willing to take Barry at his word this time. And why? Because it's what I want to hear. (laughs) I'm willing to give him the benefit of doubt, at least for tomorrow. So it's your heart. Well, I I think it's going to happen tomorrow, right? Wallstrom won't play. He's an upper body. He's banged up in the upper body area. And you're going to see the same exact lineups you just saw thrown out there today. What we we discussed, you're going to see out there. You're going to see that out there tomorrow. I don't believe they have any subject or reason to change that. But I just want to make sure I'm grasping this right. You think that Barry's going to be a man of his word on this time, talking about playing some younger guys or giving players new looks remember when he said that it was a little phrased a little differently earlier on this year we're gonna have to give some new guys looks out there this is gonna give us some serious thought when we're over here at the all-star break and he and he threw out all those buzzwords you know we didn't believe him then but now since you're ready you think the team should be doing this and with the younger guys you think that barry's gonna be (laughs) i wouldn't say honorable to the word but you think barry's gonna be um barry's actually saying exactly what he's thinking is that what it is yeah yeah that's what i think that's what you want to think at least yeah uh chris smith says grumpy old man is an anders lee lover just kidding <laughs> i've never seen a guy so average make so much money uh, well it's got to give you hope doesn't it grump um well i've seen josh bailey make five million a year he's below average so oh. should, you know i'll correct myself there well he's below average now that's yeah. for certain he's but. always been below average mm-hmm. he's never been a five million dollar a year player josh bailey never Never freaking ever. Never. Hmm. Jeremy F says, good Saturday evening, fellas. When Bailey returns to the lineup tomorrow, as projected by Trotz, who comes out? I hope it isn't Bellows. Have a great show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess this was from earlier. But it uh, looks like Oliver Wallstrom, just because he's banged up, will be the odd man out, unfortunately. Um, what's his team's record with Bellows in the lineup? That's a good question. I don't know, Jeremy. You see, if you're going to ask that question, you should have already looked it up and told us. Uh, are you talking about for me or for Jeremy? For Jeremy. Jeremy asked great questions, but he should have looked that up and let us know. <laughs> then we could have looked smart by answering it, but we have no uh, idea. I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll, I'll do that research here. Um, TJ, since you what Trot said and the Bell's response, yes, thank you, Frank K. That was fantastic. When I saw that, I'm like, my God, Frank. I tell you Frank, what. He was on fire. Frank. That's why I love the people who listen to this podcast and Islander fans and fans in general, it's not just us here. It's almost like this is the people's podcast. If you know what I mean, they're yeah. sending us thing, trying to help us out. And you know what? We really appreciate it. I mean, we're doing sure this, do. you know, for us, it's for fun. Um, you know, and it's just, it's just nice when people try to help us out. We really do appreciate it. So I don't know what TJ's doing. He's probably trying to figure out how nine, many games. Nine, seven, and four is the record with Kiefer Bellis in the lineup. Well, there you go. Better than our regular season record. It is. Um, but, yes, I 100% agree. I love it when people tune in or they'll, they'll send me something because they hear us talking about it. And I'm like, holy shit. Because I don't, I don't peruse the internet as much as I should. Or sometimes I get busy. But I'm like, when somebody else sends it to me, I'm like, grump, 
this right here. And I know other people think the same exact way we do too. Um, Scott L saying, Barry will sit Bellows 10 straight games when a visit Bailey is ready to come back in the lineup. I hope I not. I just wonder if he's seen enough of that this year. No. To answer your question, that's a no. Um, Brett W says, Bellows mania is running wild. It's no, it's Bellows mania is running wild, brother. Bellows mania. What you gonna do? Like Keeper Bellows mania is running wild on you. Woo! <laughs> Little Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan there. Uh, Drew L said, uh, did you guys see the hockey guy do analysis on the Islanders recently? No, did I not. did not. We'll have to check that out. Um, Brett W says um, he'll probably bench. Uh, oh, he'll probably keep playing Bellows and bench Wallstrom. That's what I hope doesn't happen. I hope Wallstrom, now that he's injured, he doesn't find his way on bench because our team starts to win against Montreal, the Seattle Kraken, and a, you know a few of the more a few more of the cellar dwellers in the NHL. And they say, "Well, that's great. We're going to keep rolling this lineup out here because it's winning games." So off Wallstrom, you're taking a back seat on the bench. Okay. Walsham's a right winger. Bellows is a left winger. Okay. Each, I, I'm, I'm just saying, if you want to get the most out of Kiefer Bellows, you play him on the left wing. No, they did. They didn't. They put they I, put Pavillier at the right wing. I understand, but what I'm saying is, that's not. It should not affect Oliver Wallstrom. He's a right wing, a true right wing. So I just, I mean, what? Wh what do you mean, what? Crumb. They're not sitting Matt Martin. I'll right. tell you that. I don't know well, if I need to tell you that in French. Could somebody give me the French translation of je, 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 not sitting Matt Martin? I don't know, Grumpy. How many more times are you going to say that? You once again just make those blanket statements that possibly don't have – They matter of fact, you just pull it out of your ass. What yeah, has yeah. shown you that Barry Trotz will start to sit Matt Martin and he'll put in Zach Parise on the third line left wing? What has showed you what – ha, what has been an indicator or a parameter to show you that that's going to happen? Because that's what I think should happen. Okay. How many more times do we have to go over this? Right? I just use the prior of what I've seen on the ice and what Barry Trotz has done, and I say, do I think he's going to change that going forward for absolutely no reason? The answer to that question is no, I don't. I think Barry has been combing the uh, archive files of what we're saying to do for the team, and I think he's starting to wake up. How is he that? just a few? Is he a few months behind on the podcast? He's just a few months behind, you know. <laughs> oh man, I just I, okay. They're not going to sit Lee. They're not going to sit Bavillier. They're not going to sit Pat. They're not going to sit Parise, and they're not going to sit Martin until I, somebody is traded. Like I think Parise will be traded this year's trade deadline. It's a month away though. I'm talking about what are we going to see in this month leading up to the deadline? That's more what I'm talking about. Okay. Uh, I say he is going to sit Matt Martin. How about that? <laughs> he sat Matt Martin to play Ross Johnston for a while. Okay. When he does sit Matt Martin, who plays for him? It's Ross Johnston. Right. So if he sits Matt Martin, Ross Johnson comes in. It still doesn't solve your issue or your thought that Parise needs to be moved to the fourth line left wing to free up a left wing position for Bellows so that we can keep everything happy in the kingdom. That's just not that's just not what he's done. I just think it's a smart move, that's all. Okay. It's smart move and what they'll do are two different things. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I just think they're two different things. Anthony R says Wallstrom day to day with the upper body injury. Bye bye, Oliver. I don't know. I don't know. 
What do you mean you don't know? I don't, I don't know. I don't. I just think I think he is going to play. He's well. only had two goals in the last twenty games. People are talking about. Well, Oliver Walsh only has two goals in the last twenty games. Maybe he needs to sit a few up there in the press box in order to get his head right. I shit you not. I've been reading that on social media. Josh Bailey has three goals the whole year. Kyle Palmieri has three goals the whole year. Two Let of them. them sit in the two of them coming in the last game we played. Or two of them coming two gate two games ago. When do we, when against we against Buffalo? Against Buffalo, yeah, yeah. But he's got a shave, so that's the end of that. <laughs> Gracious, oh man, Tony Chi said I was playing NHL and losing seven to one to the Canes, and my girlfriend said they can't even they can't even win virtually. Tony, I'm going to tell you what your girlfriend hates that you play video games. What makes you say that, Grump? Because all girlfriends slash wives hate. When their men play video games, maybe she plays video games with Tony Cheese. Uh, with that comment, no, he's losing. He's screaming at the game, and she's walking by. And said, "Geez, they can't even win virtually." Do you but, think? Do you think Tony Cheese is slamming remotes off of the ground and smashing things? He's throwing remotes through television and throwing his chair around. What type of gamer do you think Tony Cheese is, Grump? He's probably yelling at his TV. You know, the only thing that could be worse is when he says this game sucks or whatever he says and she goes up and says you ever think maybe you're just not that good at the game <laughs> oh man. that's probably what really happens in the real world anthony r says varlamov is back with the team how is he back so quick it hasn't been two weeks what do you want you want him to be an extended stay yeah because i don't want him in the lineup either oh man it's going to go back to the the rotate well maybe they won't go back to the rotation maybe they're just going to roll out sorokin who knows? Be interested to see what they do. Dave S saying here, I think they're showcasing Bellos because why all of a sudden is he magically ready to be a full-time player? This is what I'm talking about. And um, Trotz doesn't like him for whatever reason, and that's the end of the story. I just think that the Islanders brass realize the season's over. And then they're just saying, well, let's see if Kiefer Bellows can be a player going into next year or if he's not part of the solution at all, and we need to add yet another piece to this lineup, that's what I think. Do you think, let me ask you this, they're going to try to trade a guy. Oh, man, I tell you. Or maybe they'll try to showcase him now so they can trade him in the offseason. I don't know. You're right. I think, Dave, you're right. Barry Trotz is not a big fan of Kiefer Bellows. I think Kiefer Bellows played extremely well. Uh, on the left wing, even when even when Barry's out was out, and uh, the team had that that break, and then he puts him on the right wing. I, I I can't justify or make sense as to the reason why he put a brand new, essentially a rookie in the NHL on his off wing, where he's never played that before in his entire NHL playing career, college, AHL, juniors doesn't matter. It's all throughout the list. Always been left wing. You put him on the right wing, right? I, I think that was setting him up for failure. Now what has been the light switch moment after you just set him up for failure? Now you put him on the left wing, he plays well. And now it's like, oh, we're ready to give him a shot. It just doesn't make sense. I think a lot about Barry Trotz's line combinations and player personnel decisions don't make sense to me. So I think just be another thing. I think Barry and Lou realize the season's over. They didn't want to throw in the towel, but now they realize, okay, it's not realistic us making the playoffs. Everything's geared towards next year. That's I firmly believe that. I hope think that. that's what they should be doing. And I just think these actions are maybe starting to show that a little bit. They don't want to tell the fans they're giving up on the season. They don't want to tell them that. You think nobody shows up now? Wait till they tell them that they want to tank the rest of the season. Shit. 
haven't they been doing that already? <laughs> but they haven't come out and said it. Is yeah. my point. But it could backfire because the team never played better this year, except when the young players are in there. That's what I was about to say, right? The yeah. young players played. <laughs> I think I would argue that. What, I mean, like we would have a few stinkers, but as a collective unit, I think when the young guys are given more rope and chance to succeed and to play well, the the results are better on the ice. So, you know, by tanking, giving young guys more time and giving young guys more ice, uh, I think that may actually <laughs> allow us to win a few that we don't want to win because we are in, I think we're 100% in embrace the tank. Okay, but isn't that best case scenario for the Islanders, really? You play the young guys the rest of the year, you see who can produce, and wow, Kiefer Bellows, he can really perform on that second line. Or wow, look at Noah Dobson jumping up in the play. He deserves to be on the first defense pairing next year or wow we found that sebastian ajo can be a serviceable number seven defenseman or wow robin sallow yeah you showed that you can play a top six role potentially going into next year or certainly a bottom six regular player i mean isn't that what you want or wow oliver wallstrom yeah look at you uh you're starting to step up and be more of a force on the power play in the regular shift i mean isn't that what you want really yes. at this stage of the season, how the young guys are developing and who you can count on going next year and forward. That is what I want. But again, you, I think, are mixing your feelings and thinking and grabbing one little morsel of a possibility that they could be doing this and you're running with it. And I just don't want you to be upset, Grumpy. Right? I feel like you have been in this role before where you said, do not be upset when this happens. I just, I, I'm guarded. I'm guarded on it. Maybe I'm jaded. I don't know, Grump. I just, I don't see the light switch moment. It doesn't make sense to me. But, but realize, again, I'll say it a lot of things Trotz has done. It does not make sense to me. You realize that uh, I everything I say has come true. Everything. So <laughs> Everything, you know, huh? Yep. And sometimes I, I mean, that's what we do here. We grab little morsels and we expound on it. Uh, all I'll say is this. I remember when that Kyle Palmieri trade happened, you said it was an A plus, and I said F minus, actually F double minus, and you said it was an A plus grump. So, mm -hmm. sure. You can go back and listen to that one in the archives. <laughs> yes, we can. <laughs> I, 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 I want to say pretty much my accuracy rate on the things I say is probably like 95%. Oh my God. I All right. It's a hundred. I, I just didn't want, I just didn't want to come off as a bragger. Oh man. You're so full of shit. Sometimes I like it though. Uh, Frank K saying, uh, hanging and banging on long Island, brother. That's, right. that's another, that's the Hulkster. He's hanging and banging all night long. I didn't know that. Uh, okay. Anthony R says, um, if you were to pick one player from Bridgeport, who do you think will be called up to play a few games before the season's over? Robin Sallow. I think there's going to be two, Sallow and Holmstrom. Holmstrom <sighs> will get a few games at the end. I of the don't year. think Holmstrom's close to being ready. Um, I don't think so either. I think they want to get him a little bit of a taste as to, hey, you're at the Bridgeport level. What does it take to be at the next level? Kind of throw him in the deep end and say, this is what we want you to be. This is what you need to aspire to be able to compete with next year or the year after. For me, he's not even a good enough player in the AHL. But here's the thing. If you determine that the season is over, bring him up and play him some. I got no problem with that. Let's see what he has. Uh, even though I don't believe in him as a player, I want to see if he can produce at this level because if he can, if he can replicate, you know, what Josh Bailey gives you, oh, gosh, 
Well, Josh no. Bailey 2.0, baby. Yeah, Don't but if he, if he can give you something, then it's like, okay, this is a serviceable player going forward. One less hole we have to, you know, one less roster hole we have to worry about filling if we're able to jettison some of these uh, veterans off the team. That's now, the way you have to look at it. Do you want to hear something crazy? Yokerit right now. Speaking, Nicole was on the podcast Wednesday. Loved her as a guest. Um, Yokerit right now is at the top of the Finnish Elite League. When he joined, when uh, Aturatu was traded, or when he was loaned out, uh, however it works over there, to uh, to Yokerit, they were about middle of the table, right? Now, you know, Aturatu, standings, 30... Standings? Standings, at middle of the table. I don't know. Maybe they call it tables over there. They don't, they don't call it tables over there. They um, call it standings. They, soccer is what they call tables, okay? Anyway. Um, 30 points or 30 games, 29 points, 12 goals, 17 assists. Ole Jokinen again allowed that and he's coached that team into the top of the standings. Hey, I wouldn't be opposed at all for him taking over a Bridgeport Grump. And that idea just sticks with me more and more. And I love it. I love it, Grump. Um, yeah, I don't think he's ready. He's not ready yet to play on the big team. No, no, I'm just saying it's yeah. good to see, like, when we talk about the development of a forward, right? I like to see that. Or, or we don't have a lot of prospect depth, I don't believe. So mm -hmm. good to see him really tearing it up in the Finnish Elite League and playing well. I just found it interesting when Nicole was on the podcast, she mentioned when she played, when he played for the original team he was on, they just had him playing third line role, grinder position again. And then he goes to Joker it, and all of a sudden he's playing, you know, top six forward role and he's producing points. Why? Because that's what his skill set dictates that he is. I mean, I'm just, uh, again, I, I don't understand why any coach does that, to be honest with you. If someone is, it's like putting a grinder as your first line center. It's, it's just not their skill set. You mold your team based on the players and their skill sets. Jeremy F. saying here, if the Islanders don't win this season, tonight the season's over. Well, I guess since they're not playing, the season's over. Uh, Christmas saying Bellows has to make the most of his chance. Who do you think uh, could get traded? Parise could have a little value. I think Parise is as good as gone. I think Cal Clutterbuck should be as good as gone. I think Andy Green, if he has any value, and Zidane Char, if they have any value, should be as good as gone. If the trade value is a, a, an enormous amount, I would trade away a guy like Scott Mayfield, and I'd try to move a guy like, like uh, Simone Varlamov. Simeon Varlamov. So you're still going to have the same problem of your top six forwards being the same that they are. I'm not saying you can't move Bailey. I'm just saying that that's more of one of those. I'm, you know, there's only so much time <laughs> during the regular season, during the trade deadline to make moves. If that's one of those off season things, you've got to offload him to Arizona. Sure. I'm all down to do that. I just think that's probably something that would have to get accomplished in the off season. Well, uh, Arizona is willing to take on money now. Why not move him now? Even if he gets a fifth round pick in return and they take all his salary, he's only got two more years left on his deal. They're going to have trouble reaching the, reaching the salary floor. He's the type of guy who would do good there. No, I mean, no one cares what they do out in the desert. So Josh Bailey is going to look real good. Probably be a first liner for them. Mm. Out of 18 points, all assists. Paulo C. Paulo, all secondary assists. Paulo C. said, I think Parise should be out of the lineup. We should not have an old player playing and a young player like Bellos who is, you know, who has a bright future ahead. I think Paulo, he's going to be traded. 
So I think you keep chugging along. I think Parise has looked good. That's a guy who could be a really competent fourth liner where he gets traded to for a playoff caliber team. And I think he does bring energy pop. He could still he still shows that he can play. He can serve meaningful minutes. He could penalty kill. He could be a guy who spots you, you know, a power play if you know you're in dire need. I think a guy like Parise might get you as much as maybe a third round pick. Yeah, third or fourth, I'm thinking. Uh, but here's the thing, right? I don't think Parisi's the one who's going to keep Bellows out of the lineup. It's going to be one of the top six forwards. Bellows needs to play top six role. Parisi, bottom six. So you need to subtract someone from your top six. Bailey, I don't care if it's Bailey. Could care less. He's saying Bailey has two years left on his contract. I don't think he's tradable. I think you could trade away Josh Bailey. You yeah. can't trade away Anders Lee. You can trade away Josh Bailey. Um, Drew L. <laughs> Drew L. Saying we're not getting into that conversation. I know we don't have. I don't have 15 hours to go ahead and talk to you about that tonight. Drew L. Says let's just hope that Bellows and Wallstrom being in the top six for the rest of the season happens. True. True. Hundred percent. Absolutely. Um, Jeremy F. Saying I for one was happy to see that win over over Boston. Um, I was too, particularly because it was the young players who drove the victory. That I mean, that's what I want. Now, if, I see, if I see the younger players producing night in, night out, and I see professional and personal growth from them for the rest of the season, I don't care if we don't make the playoffs. It means I feel better about next year as long as we don't screw it up in the offseason. That's a big if. Yeah, we haven't. Well, I, let me let me put it like this: we're in an odd situation because a win hurts our draft, our you know our our draft position. And losses, you know, no team, you, uh, being a fan of the team, you don't want to see them losing game in and game out. You want to see your team win. But we're in this odd, precarious situation where both a win and a loss means good and bad for the team. Yeah, but we're not going to win the draft lottery. Not going to happen. But if we can pick around the 10. Well, you can't say not going to happen. We're not going to win the draft lottery. We're okay. not going to win the draft lottery, okay? Seeing crazy things. The odds are really against us winning the draft lottery. Okay. I just remember the Rangers did it not too long ago with a really, really bad spot. And the and the Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes jumped all the way up to two when they were 13 or something like that the year we got Wallstrom and they were 11. Thompson, they were 11, 11, whatever it was. They went from 11 to two. I'm just saying I've seen crazier things, Grump. Yes, I agree. But what I'm saying is I just remember our schedule is a killer down the stretch, just a killer. And you think that we can't go ahead and stream together a few losses to help the draft position out? I, I mean, I what I'm saying is I just want to see the team improve. I, listen, I don't even care if we were to lose the rest of the season. I just want to see the younger guys develop and see them get better and better and maybe increase the product we're seeing on the ice, which has been bad. Let's be honest, it's been bad, old and slow. Yeah. You, you put a little bit of fresh legs in there, all of a sudden, wow, it's amazing what we can do. Scott L saying with Sorokin getting the bulk of the gains because Varlamov and COVID protocol, he hasn't looked great. Now, granted, the defense is still poor and doesn't help him. True, 100% agree. Uh, I when you look at when you look at goalies in the NHL, and this is something I, I I invite you to do too. I I challenge you. Can you find ten better goalies than Sorokin? I don't think you can. I'm not saying he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm not saying he's just and good or anything like that. I think he's a, t a solid top 10 goalie. I think he's got the ability to grow into a really elite caliber netminder. Right now, I think he's a solid top 10 goalie. And I don't, you know, that's not the issue on this team. 
He's looked shaky, but you know, just as Grumpy said, you go through time periods where you look lights out with the ball, the puck looks like a beach ball, and other times where you look a little bit like you struggle. You, you know, your confidence shrinks a bit. So you go through those ebbs and flows of the season, just like skaters do. Think about how great he was early in the season through like the first 30 games. He's the only reason we won half the games we won. He was sensational in that. Yes. Recently, he struggled a little bit. Those things, you know, that that happens. Comes and goes, ebbs and flows of the season. Think about where we'd be without him. That's all I have say. Think about where we'd be without him. He's top 10 in the league. We used to play that game of, do you think we would win the game if we changed goalies, if we switched goalies? And the answer a lot of those times is no. If, we, if they had Sorokin, we'd be losing. And <laughs> if we had the other netminder, uh, you know, we'd be losing if they had Sorokin. Matthew has said, I'll be there tomorrow at the game, so we should win. There you go. Anthony and we're Arms. playing Montreal, too. So that's probably going to be an eight-goal Brock Nelson night, and he'll end the season with 25 goals. Uh, Anthony R says, I think Grumpy's right. Um, they know they can't make the playoffs. And honestly, I think they're feeling the pressure from the fans and even some of the media now. Uh, for playing the young players. I think so also. Here's the thing. The product hasn't been good. Matthew and, S. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So I think that while that is, I think maybe the, the, the people in the press and the fans have been getting on a little bit. I just think that they're most of the fans just saying, well, it's just been a bad year. They just where, write it off. Yeah. Where I don't believe in that. I mean, you know, but, but they'll make excuses. The fans will make excuses for you. Now, I don't think that that's the case. Of course, I don't make excuses. But if we can see the younger players uh, play and perform, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. I'm all happy about that. No, TJ, you okay over there? Yeah, I thought I had the cat scratching at the door to try to get in, so oh. I was trying to let it in. I, was, I didn't know what was going on. Okay. Um, but um, Matthew S. also said, hey, guys, Ben MIA following the Olympics. But he says, play the kids. Yeah, I tell you what. I was watching the uh, um, pairs figure skating competition the other day. I tell you what, they're fantastic. I've never seen such great pair skaters before. Mm. I thought the U.S. skaters were good. They're like six and seven in the world. Mm. Um, I, I can't tell you I've watched I have not watched any of the Olympics this year Drew L says the grumpy said the season was over in November now people are finally starting to realize that it's official uh-huh. we're just like I said we are the curve here <laughs> Chris, eventually, every, every, eventually everyone comes away around to our way of thinking Chris Smith, Chris Smith says the Boston collapse is the only way they can make any noise true um, and then um Anthony R. there saying, uh, some of the media I had read that lose under the gun as far as next season and trying to fix this roster. Um, shouldn't he be? Shouldn't he be? Really, if you think about it? Shouldn't he be? He should be feeling some heat from the ownership. Ownership knows. They're like, okay, why are we not making this team younger? They hear the rumblings. They listen to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. Mm. They know. It's like, why has why isn't this team younger? Why are you not listening to TJ and the grumpy old man? They seem like they have a plan. What's your problem? John A said upper body injuries is the new term for scratched. I actually kind of like that. I think they may be honest. Think about it. Josh Bailey had an upper body injury. He was back and ready to play the next game. Kyle Palmieri had an upper body injury. It was scratched a bit and ready to play. I'll be honest with you. What type of upper body injury do you have as a hockey player? <laughs> I, you know, Older. I think, okay, okay. 
people are built. Wallstrom doesn't. Wallstrom's not over there throwing the body around like a Ross Johnson. He throws the body around, but not as much as you would think. Upper body injury. That's a good he question. gets hit, jammed along the boards, shoulder injury, wrist injury, something like that. Okay, so you're saying instead of him being 100%, let's say he's 85%, players always play at 85% during the season. So it's one of those things, if a guy's a little banged up, we're just going to say, well, you're not playing well and you're banged up, so you're going to be an upper body injury. I could see that. Okay. Like I said, it could be anything. You're asking me what an upper uh, body injury. You've seen a lot of those upper body injuries, and I wonder how long or what you know what's the severity of this. I just think it's an interesting point John brought up. Possibly this might be the new term for scratched. And you asked me what? How can you get an upper body injury? And I just gave you a scenario, and then you shot me down. Your your shoulder getting jammed up in the board. Those things happen. Yeah. Okay. Um, he hurt. Uh, Frank K says he looked hurt. Not true. I don't know. It's just something interesting to think about. Um, Mr. B said they better trade most of the guys at the trade deadline. Nobody is going to want to start the season with some of these guys. Right. Like I said, you're going to, but here's the thing. If you really want to make the team better, you're going to have to start moving out top six players because that's where your team really needs to improve. Not the bottom six, top six. Mr. Fourth line. That's just a trash line. Doesn't matter anyway. It will take six weeks to coach the Barry out of them. (laughs) Oh, well, that's what they say. That's what it said. It takes six weeks to break a bad habit. Frank K saying the Islanders dominated in the second, third period. And I've defended Bellows for three years. Well, it's just funny. You look at a lot of those people were announcing a time of death on Kiefer Bellows. I remember that one by the very good Islander site. I remember certain ones they were talking about, hey, Bellows doesn't have it. You know, it, we've had guests on the show who've said that. And we're like, mm, I don't buy that. So That's it's good to see it's good to see him playing well. That's very true. Um, moving right along, Bello should be Barzal's left wing, plain and simple. Hundred percent agree. They don't have chemistry when you play Bellos on the right wing. Mm, yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> I said, impressive for certain. Like Barry treated us like we, um, Barry treated us like we were dumb, like we didn't remember last year when Anders Lee was out and Keeper Bellows played those games on the left wing with Matt Barzell and scored a bunch of goals just conveniently. Well, we'll just – that's a discrete event. We're not going to include that. I'm going to use that one game where he played, uh, you know, on the right wing for like 10 minutes. That Oh, that makes my decision up for me. Dope. Bellows is aggressive just like his dad was. Yeah. yeah. And Jarrell says, watch now. After Bellows plays well, Barry's going to praise Bellows like he's Ovechkin. Laughing my ass off. Yeah. Well, then you know he's getting traded. If he starts selling like uh, he's Ovi, well, he's, he's a linchpin of our team. He adds so much grit to our left wing position, even though he may not score any points. And he really adds a lot of defensive structure to this first line. He is saying Ooh, who that, am I? He is saying that about Dobson. That he's like one of the guys on the team. Now. I was joking around paying or doing a call back on Leo Komarov. I asked you, who am I? And you didn't answer. And you just oh. said whatever you wanted to say. I said, I who am care. I? And you didn't even pay attention. You went on too long. Oh, God almighty. We need to get your attention span a little longer, Grumpy. You look uh, like you're already about to fall asleep. What's going on, Grumpy? You're boring me. Ah, shit. I'm boring you. Um, Christmas saying, do you think Parise could get traded? What Absolutely. do you think? I put him at 98% likelihood he's getting traded. <laughs> if I'm I gonna put, I'm gonna put it eighty percent. Really, you think he could not? You think he might not be traded? If they somebody's offering you a seventh round pick for Zach Parise, are you gonna take it? 
I'll take anything for Zach Parise. He's not going to be here next year. Okay, well then why would you move him when he can maybe, uh, you know, play a role on a lower, helping some of the younger guys develop? Why would you? Do we that? don't. We do not need any more veteran leadership to teach young players how to develop. Our team is is lush with veterans who are on the tail end of their career who are not fantastic anymore that could show a young kid how to play. We don't need those. In my opinion, anything they offer you for before you say you take, I think you can get a third rounder for them. I'm not saying you say, oh, okay, fantastic. We're just going to be looking at for seventh round picks for Parise. I think you can get a third round pick if you play your cards right. Okay. I think he should be traded though. But what I'm saying is, let's say they're offering you a seventh round pick. What would indicate that they would offer a seventh round pick for Zach Parise? It'd be like well, me saying, let's say that they wanted to only give you a, a fifth round pick for Matt Barzal. What, what? what would make you believe that Parise would only yield a seventh round pick? I don't know because he's got 15 points on the season. And he's 37 years six, old. Playing in bottom six. And he's he's 37. Got, playing bottom six, he's got 15 points on the season. Okay. And he plays in every situation. He's only got 15 points. He's a guy who is a good penalty killer. He's a guy with veteran leadership with a lot of playoff experience. And if you're looking for a guy that's you know who's not going to have a high cap hit that you can literally help your bottom six with, a team that might not have a lot of depth, a guy like Parise is a great option. All I said was, what if somebody's only offering you a sixth or seventh round pick for him? I just think I can't even imagine that, Grump, because it's not realistic. Oh, again, here you go again. You just you just totally rule out any possible scenario that's not what you think it should be. So grumpy, when he gets traded for more than a sixth or seventh round pick, we could just say this entire conversation, this this mental gymnastics you're trying to go make us go through right now is a waste of time. The question was, do you think he get can get traded? And I said, yes. I said 80%. And you said, well, how come it's so low? It should be like 99%. And I'm like, well, what is 90, somebody... I said 95, thank whatever. you. Whatever. You might as well say 110. What? My whole point is, if if somebody's only offering you a seventh-round pick, it might be worth just to keep them around. So you're putting a 20% likelihood that they're only going to get a seventh or a sixth-round pick. No, That's when you wouldn't trade I put him. on 20% likelihood that he doesn't get traded. Because he, the value wouldn't be enough. And you're saying now the 20% likelihood of the value being a sixth or seventh-round pick is what you put it at, Grumpy. Oh. Exo facto, you think there's a 20% chance that it only get a sixth or seventh-round pick in return. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when you deal with a mental midget like TJ on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> no grumpy the question was what percent do you think he gets traded 95. you said 95 i said 80 you didn't like my 80 how is it possible only 80 i gave you a scenario you didn't like the scenario how is it possible that he wouldn't get traded to this because guess what you don't know what the hell anybody's value is what do you mean like I, don't I don't know what anybody's value is? It's the NHL freaking trade deadline. Everybody overpays for players at the NHL trade deadline. Only the People Islanders. do not underpay. No, no, no. Not only the Islanders. Look at what the freaking Flames just did. Every team overpays at the NHL trade deadline. Please stop with that. Please we should stop. put the whole team on the block then. <laughs> If they can overpay us. <laughs> um, maybe we should go ahead and try to trade Anders Lee. Why right, not? Tony? Move his ass out. Yeah. Oh, man. Clutterbuck is going to get moved. I hope so. I hope What do you so. think the chances he gets moved is, DJ? What percentage? 95? 97? <laughs> well, I say 90. Well, 90's not enough. What makes you think it's only 90? <laughs> oh, man. I think 1,000% chance, Grumpy. Does that make now, you happy? Clutterbuck, what do you think his value is? I think Clutterbuck could get you around a, a fourth or a third round pick. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. 
and and you know the guy like that clutterbuck he's a sandpaper guy don't be shocked if he goes for higher than that some teams that have a specific need for somebody i think the highest you can get for a guy like cal is maybe a late second or something like that maybe you give up an additional pick you give up a fifth you give away cal clutterbuck and you get a second back in return or something i could see something like that being worked out but cal clutterbuck you talk about a sandpaper guy you talk about a guy who's a playoff caliber player who gets underneath the skin of opposing players and he can play the agitator role that I mean, Cal Clutterbuck does that, and some teams have a specific need for a player like that. It all depends on who the buyer is. Yeah, you can say the same thing about Zach Carise, right? Same thing. But their advanced age, they're probably not going to get as much as we think, maybe. I think you're only going to get cash considerations for Zach Parise. I think you actually have to probably give up a few first-round picks in order to move Parise off the books. It's so dumb. <laughs> It's scary how stupid it really is. Oh, man. I just can't. Dude, you know what it's like, Grumpy, when you say something like that? It may be a sixth or seventh round pick for Zach Parise. What? What? That's not what I said. I said, what if somebody only offers you that, something like that, for Zach Parise? That could prohibit him from getting traded. God's green earth uh, only offer a set. Okay. He's not Connor McDavid, you know. He's 37-year-old, fourth liner, Zach Parise. A fourth liner with 15 points. Whoop-de-doo. He plays in every situation. He should have way more points than that. Except on how long he's on the ice. Oh, my gosh. Man, I'm angry. I'm just saying. You asked what the scenario was. I told you the scenario. You didn't like it, so they're trying to pick it apart. I just gave you a scenario. I answered your question. Uh, okay, okay. Your question is stupid. My questions are stupid. John A. said, I know Chari gets a bunch of shit, but he has a history of mentoring some good up-and-coming defensemen. Look at Dougie Hamilton, i.e. Charlie McAvoy, now Noah Dobson. Um, Chari's been less noticeable in a bad way recently, but I think it's all because of Dobson. Dobson stepped up his game. He's had to cover for Chara all year long. And if, yeah, he helped Hamilton and McAvoy. That was a lot of years ago, and he was a way better player than he is now. And I always wonder too. I'm sure they help with the maturation process, but players that are meant to be good are going to be good. Doesn't matter who they're paired up with, who they you know who they learn under. If you're meant to be good, you will be good in most cases. Not always. There's a you know rare situation where a guy blows an immense amount of talent, but most times, if you're meant to be good and destined to be good, you will be good. Anything can happen to derail your progress, though. Bad coach, bad players you're playing with, put in the wrong situation. A lot of things can really stunt development. In most Lack cases. of confidence, a lot of things. In most cases, though, if you're meant to be good, you will be good. If you're meant to be a top-tier player, you will develop into them. I'm not saying, hey, hey, you know, certain things won't help you get to that point. I'm just saying, in most cases, if you're designed and meant to be that player, you will grow into them. That's so all. All the first round busts who are supposed to be good players oh, and don't hold on, out. hold on, hold on, Grump. That would be Bust. like saying, oh, Jesus, that would I'm be like saying a guy out. who comes out there and averages a point a game. Like, talk about Matt Barzal. Matt Barzal is meant to be really good. You could tell, right? Maybe he's learned other other individuals along the way. Matt Barzal was always going to be an extremely talented player. He's got a skill set and something that not many players in the NHL have. He was always destined to be a very, very skilled player. I'm not saying like, hey, you don't have to put the work in. You don't have to go ahead and work on your craft. You don't have to watch film. I'm not saying any of that. 
I'm just saying when you're when you've got that raw talent and you hone it in, right? It helps sometimes who you're partnering with, but a lot of times you're going to be able to if you're really resourceful and you're going to bust your ass, you will find a way to be successful. Okay, I'm just saying it's not always the case. That's all. The drafts in all sports are littered with guys who are can't miss in the first round who wind up missing. When you're drafting 18 year old kids, that's a little bit more of a crapshoot. Would you look not at, agree? Look at the NFL. Guys bust out all the time over top 10 picks. Okay. You want to know who busted out? Who's a top 10 pick? The guy who got a penalty in the Super Bowl because he ran out there and freaking flip flops when he was on injured reserve. Vernon Hargraves. Okay. A little different. Well, football's a little different than the NHL, Grump. When you've got you're good, you're gonna be good, right? Doesn't oh matter. God. Gotta make it. Jesus Christ. Just um, when you're talking about, you know, Paris Savvy plays in every situation, he only has four power play points. So even if you take four, he's got four assists, no power play goals. But even if you take the power play situation out of there, I mean, still through 44 games, if you're looking at acquiring a guy who's going to be a bottom line guy for you, 11 points for a bottom line player who's got playoff experience and kills penalties. I don't know. I think he's valuable. Um, Michael T said, good evening, guys. Good to see you both as usual. Good to see you too, Michael. Perhaps they move a player like, like Paul Mary, um, uh, or, uh, Parise, uh, to make room for, uh, Bellows. Right. And that's what I'm saying. And I don't think if you want to, well, it's not Paul Mary though, because he's a right wing. You're looking at the left wings. So, I mean, if you want to put, uh, Bavillier playing right wing, if he's capable, Fine, that removes the glut. Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to trading Paul Mary. Who would take him? Do you think he's even worth a second or third round pick at this stage? I don't. I don't think anybody in the NHL thinks that either. What if somebody offered you a fourth round pick for Kyle Paul Mary? Would you take it? I would. I absolutely would. Get that contract off the books? Absolutely. I was about to say, he hasn't performed well. I uh, wouldn't. He sucks. Yeah. Five goals with the Islanders in what's in essence regular, in regular in regular season play. Well, that's all that matters because we're not going to the playoffs this year. Postseason production matters. Um, and then Nelson is a good center. Michael M is saying here, you guys make my week every week. TJ Grumpy's a great talker. The brains of the operation. Thank you, Michael. Michael knows. Believe me, the people know. Ah. Uh, Man, Michael T says Pajot has underperformed, but he's not going anywhere. He wants to be an Islander. He signed that lengthy contract. I think he's got three more years left on that. I think uh, I got to pull that up, Grumpy. It's I can't be three this. after this year. Has to be. I believe it is. He signed that extension. He was traded for what? Not last year, two years ago, and signed a five-year extension. He signed a six-year extension with us. No, it was five years. I'm looking at it. He signed a six-year extension, thirty million dollars with the New York Islanders. Okay, so oh. he's got four years left. Yep, he's got four years left. Yeah, that, he's got modified no trade clause as well for those yeah. last four years. Again, why are you giving out those out like they're freaking like they're candy? <laughs> Is it because no one wants to play that system? Yeah, well, here, if I'm going to play that system, you got to commit to me and not move me out of here because I'm going to have no value out there. I can't sign another contract after I leave here. Yeah, so he's yikes. Yep, he's got at least another four years. He'll be with us till he's 34 years old. Yeah, now see, he's not going to be worth shit at 34. No. 
He's not. Well, I mean, this whole game is predicated on speed and quickness. You think That's Casey, the first thing that goes. That's the first thing that goes. You think Casey Sezekis is going to be worth anything at 35, 36 years old when he's still under contract? He wasn't even worth the contract he was getting last time. <laughs> and they re-signed him. Oh, the six-year six year deal. He oh. hasn't been the same since he was injured in the last playoffs. True, true. Yeah, we don't same. know if he's still injured. He said about Lee and now Pulak, all post-injury. They've struggled. Yeah, find it funny that uh, they get big contracts and all of a sudden they don't seem to be as good anymore. Paulo C said, Grumpy, you're right about Nelson. He scores meaningless goals with an empty net goal last game. It seems that uh, he <laughs> he is he is the one that scores all the empty net goals for us. NHL.com had an article where they trumpeted how Bellows played well, how Dobson played well, Barzell, um, I think Pajot they mentioned played well, and they said, and they mentioned the three goals, and they said, and then a meaningless goal. The goals that counted were scored by this, and then Brock Nelson scored, you know, a meaningless empty netter. And if that's Don't not counts the same in the stat sheet. Yeah, all I just gotta say is when they put on his tombstone, Brock Nelson scored a shitload of meaningless goals. Brock Nelson, five thousand career NHL goals, four thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine empty netters. He hasn't even had scored that many goals in NHL twenty-two <laughs> on easy level. On easy level, Michael T said, I've got a prediction. What's going to happen to the Islanders this year? They're going to miss making the playoffs by one or two points. They're going to play well, um, but it will be a little too little, a little too late. That's a little too little. It's a little too late. <laughs> Pat Benatar, she said uh, it better than I do, though. Matthew S says, Sorokin has been meh lately, but the team has played poorly in front of him. True, true. Drew L says Sorokin would be top five with a good defense. Um, he he's close. I'm not saying you can't take the jump. He's not there yet. I mean, like he's not top five right now. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, like you look at guys like okay, you know, you got you to be top five. You're competing with the guys like your Vasilevskis, like your Shesterkins this year. You're competing with some really talented netminders. Um, and then Christmas also saying, yeah, Pulak's just getting back into it. Give him a little bit of time. And the Islanders are puck watching too much. True. Well, I think the fact that there's now we didn't see that against Boston, but the fact that we're so slow and so old. That when teams start buzzing around, it's just like, okay, we're just doing our best not to get scored on here. And they just all pack in front of the net, and they'll wind up getting scored on. But that's what happens. It's like, oh, my God, they're moving too fast for us. We don't know what to do, so they get frozen in their spot. Christmas saying Calgary looks really good and a good coach. True. Michael T says, uh, so do you guys think that Varlamov really has COVID protocol or is it just a ruse to prevent or to prevent playing him, to prevent injury so they can trade him? No, I think he was actually. I what think I think happened. happened is they saw his test came back as negative, no COVID, and they went ahead and scrubbed it on somebody they knew had COVID originally, and they just mixed and matched it with Varley's, with Varley's test tube, and they said, Varley's got COVID. Can't play him, Grumpy. Can't play him. Um Ugh. Jeremy F said the flurry of action for, for Marc-Andre Fleury should raise Varlamov's price tag. Only if he gets if Fleury gets traded. Well, I, I think this too. With Varlamov, you've got another year on his contract. Marc-Andre Fleury, this is this is I mean, technically, this is the last year on his deal, right? So right. 
And again, he's a guy who's a 38 year old netminder. Varlamov has oh, 30. Okay. 37. I thought he was just about to turn 38, but he's 37 year old netminder. You're looking at, he's just purely a rental. If you're thinking you can compete now for a cup, he's a pure rental. A guy like Varlamov gives you this year and another year under team control. So he's not a rental in, in that fashion. But who's the better goalie? It's Mark Andre Fleury. He's better than Varlamov. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Swayman has been pretty good, says John A. Yeah. And just to clarify, Linus is pronounced Linus. That's right. I like Linus. Linus. Olmstrom. No, not Linus. Oh, man. That's Linus from Charlie Brown. That's something I haven't thought of in a long time. Freaking Charlie Brown. Charlie oh. Brown, man, those, those, those little holiday specials are pretty good. To be honest with you, I didn't watch any of them this year. I usually watch the Thanksgiving one, or they have a Christmas one, too, with Snoopy the dog. Snoopy's a dog, right? Oh my Woodstock God. and Snoopy. Snoopy, Snoopy's a dog and Woodstock's the bird, right? All on Charlie Brown. There's Linus right here for you, Grump. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if you're okay. I didn't know if you're gonna take us down memory lane of your memory. The fact that you didn't know that Snoopy and Woodstock were in Charlie Brown is stunning to me. It's stunning. Well, I, did. I just was I just going over the characters, Grump, as I was pulling some time to get that okay. picture up of Linus. Well, I'll tell you what. Pull up the characters. I'm interested to see how many of them you actually know their names. Oh, my God. Okay, shit. You know what? Let's move along to the next shot. You want to talk some shit? Pull it up. Let's see how many you know. <laughs> okay. Thank God I just pulled it up, and I just got all of the, the yeah, names of the characters. Oh my. Just, hey, Grumpy, I hope you know. Okay. Hold on a hold second. Up. Okay, I'll pull them up. Don't you worry. Give me a sec. All righty, Grumpy. Which one? Which one are you gonna have me name first? Oh my God! Okay, <laughs> you know what? Yeah, it's this one's Lucy Van Pelt and Pepper. Oh, uh, yeah, you should turn it off, moron. <laughs> Honestly, I couldn't name who half no, these characters are. I was gonna ask the one I was gonna ask you. Let's um, hold on. Pull, holy crap! Yeah, this one's gonna. Okay, be what about the one with the glasses there? Um, pull up the one that says "List of all characters." Oh, there it is. Make it bigger. Because I, I, I know you don't know any of them. This can't be real, is it? Yeah, Are these all the characters? Have, yeah, I don't. They, oh, not all of them have names. Do you know who the one? Who's the first one? Snoopy. The first one on the left. Ooh. The X over Man. it. Linus. Linus. That's Linus. Who's the next one? This one or this one? Yeah, the one right next to him. Next to him. Below or next? Next. So the one on the right. This yeah. is this is Specs. Wrong. I don't know. She's wearing glasses. That's Marcy. This one is uh, Lucy. Lucy Van Pelt. Lucy. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> now, where is the where's the one who's got the little dirt devil around him? You know what that's his name Pig is? Pen. That's Pigpen. Pigpen. That's it. Pigpen. And that's Charlie Brown. There's Woodstock. And that's Snoopy. Everybody else, man, it doesn't matter. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> you are pathetic. Uh, Tony, she says, tomorrow afternoon's game is a must-lose. Win and um uh, lose question mark lose draft position. Yep. What was Bellis's response? He was he was happy. He was he was happy that coach was showing a little bit of conf confidence in him. Uh, Eve L says Slovakia won its first bronze since the breakup of Czechoslovakia. Good for them. Good for them. I know they had the championship game tonight. Uh, 
I believe it's Russia against Finland. Those old Czechoslovakian teams. I mean, Hasek was Czechoslovakian. Who else? Who else is back on those? Yager. That's right. Yager was too. And I Chara. Thinking, well, oh, yeah, that's right. Chara. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. Yeah. Teacher was too busy looking at my newly trimmed locks, Grumpy. He's got himself a little haircut. Frank I didn't K. realize Frank got a haircut. Is that the haircut? Yeah, that, yeah, he got a little oh, bit trimmed off on the bottom. How the hell can you tell? Sorry, Frank. I can't tell. Uh, Warzone says here, as long as the Armadillo and Dinosaur Lou are around, this team is toast. He's like a warlord. Warzone's like a warlord. Oh, yeah. Warzone warlord. The Warzone warlord. warlord. Um, and Jurel says, just to spoil a little bit, the hockey guy, uh, a.k.a. Shannon, is his name i didn't know that says that uh he doesn't understand why wallstrom doesn't get more playing time he thinks that wallstrom has star potential yeah you know when other when other play i mean we watch every single game the fans know it and when you have other uh, when you have other people who don't watch or affiliate or have any rooting party of the islanders saying yeah why is this guy not playing more it does leave you scratching your head a little more um christmas and yeah varlamov hasn't played bad and sp said wallstrom injured bailey in it's trot's dream has come true i think we're going to see something different going forward with the season being over tony g says my girl likes when i play video games because she can do crafts and other girl things oh yeah there it is tony g's got to keep jack and jill separate sometimes you know what we need to do we need to get the phone line up and call tony's house I want to talk to his girlfriend. <laughs> Tony, Jesus, you got to talk to the girl. Oh my goodness, Tony! Jesus. I'm going to ask her some serious questions, and Tony's going to start. You're going to see him. He's going, oh, oh, oh. he'll do his little puppy dog routine. Oh, oh, oh. oh. that's it right <laughs> there. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh no, no, no! I'm trying to get this. Drew sent us one. Drew, I'll, I'll, t- I'll let you take a little look at this, Grump. Oh. This is this is what he says. It's like, oh, oh God, oh. gracious. When Tony Cheese is yelling at the TV screen. <laughs> what are you guys doing? What the f- <laughs> oh, my goodness. If Tony had hair, that's what he'd look like, too. Oh, shit. Grumpy now throwing a hair joke. Ooh, low-hanging fruit there. Um, Michael T said, who are our top three prospects in Bridgeport? Sallow. Sallow. And Sallow. Sallow. Yeah, I was about to say, that's what Nicole said. Sallow, Sallow, and Sallow. I guess realistically, you'd have to say Sallow, Wallstrom, and no, no, Wallstrom's up here, dude. I'm sorry, uh, Holmstrom, Holmstrom, and I don't know who else. Honestly, who's the backup goalie? No, 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 no. You're talking about Jakob Skerek. So I guh. guess those are your top three. Yeah, and doesn't Lennox play for them too? No, Lennox is still he's still with the Saginaw Spirit, I believe. He's okay. still he's still in uh, juniors. It's it's um, pretty much a, a the well is dry. Christmas saying here, maybe Varlamov played bad in the beginning of the year, but this team doesn't score. Bring True. Salo back up from Bridgeport. Only if he's going to get actual ice time. If he's not, let him play in Bridgeport all the time. Christmas saying Palmieri played good last year. No, he didn't. Not in the regular season. Man. Um, Nick D says, TJ Grump, how are you guys doing? Do you think that Barry knows that his job might be on the line, or do you think that Lou told him to play Bellows? Just turn you guys on. Cheers. I think it could be a little bit of bo- I don't think his job is on the line, but I do think that they've maybe just made a decision saying, hey, season's over. Let's uh, let's see what we have in the young players. Do you see when other teams like Montreal, right, head coach, 
and general manager both gone, right? General manager also got canned, if I recall. Yep. Yeah, head coach and general manager get canned. And, I mean, they've been bad this year. I mean, woeful. But they just made it to the Stanley Cup Finals the year before. <laughs> right? When you see stuff like that happening around the league, I feel like if you're Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarillo, you, you have that kind of creep into the back of your mind. You say, yeah, we haven't played very well this year, and we had expectations of Stanley Cup or bust, and we're way off that Stanley Cup. <laughs> what does bust even mean then to them? They didn't have a successful year. If they don't make the Stanley Cup, they didn't have a successful year. Simple as that. And I could say with confidence, they're going to have an unsuccessful year based off of the goals they originally set out for themselves. They're going to give every freaking excuse over the sun to justify the why it's been bad. But plain and simple, they just haven't been good enough. True. But I'm, you know, when you say Stanley Cup or bust, does that mean, okay, well, that means we really need to make big changes in the organization? Is that like a bust up move? It's like, hey, we busted out. I get a bust a move, Grumpy, or bust a ride? Yeah, bust a move. <laughs> Drew L says here, TJ Holmstrom plays on the fourth line in Bridgeport, but he's like the fourth leading scorer on the team. I thought, no, he plays the top six role. I thought he plays on the first line, at least what I've seen when they roll out the, the schedule, but I don't, I don't watch enough of the Bridgeport games. Jake K, two minutes of pessimistic saying here, I'll be the first to say it. I thought that Paul Mary would have been a good fit for our style. I have a hard time believing that he's a six-goal-per-82-game player. But at the end of the day, results matter. Um, Jake, you know, I told you it was going to happen. I don't believe you. I can't even believe you even questioned my knowledge, to be honest with you. <laughs> I told you that's what it was going to be. Um, Honestly, I didn't think he was going to be that, not as bad as he's been. I thought he'd be an F-minus, but he's like a Z. He's maybe, a C-minus. Or maybe some type of, like, infinity sign. So it sucked them. I don't know what the hell you call it. Josh Bailey helping the Coyotes reach the floor and playing in front of 3,000 fans in Arizona State Arena. I love the idea, Grump. I would love to live in Arizona by that. I'd oh, I would love to have season tickets for the next couple of years there. Love oh, it. Oh, for certain, man. I mean, 3,000. I thought it was anywhere between 3,000. I, 3, I thought it was five. I think, but now I see, I was seeing it ranges anywhere between three to five. They haven't gotten everything again. Like they're still thinking. I don't know. They're still doing things to it, I believe. But even if it's 5,000, could you imagine going to an NHL hockey game at a, an arena of 5,000, a maximum of 5,000 people? You talk about a very intimate setting. Yeah. It's fantastic. It's got to be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, great. Stranger things have happened. Um, and then Drew L saying, most of the time, the team who has the highest chance to win the lottery doesn't win. Yeah, but it's usually the team that's maybe second or third worst will win. They have the highest odds. I think the worst team has like a 25% chance, something like that. Honestly, I think that the, the draft lottery is all bullshit. I don't like those. I don't like I don't care. If a team tanks, whatever. They hurt their own pocketbook, they hurt the owner's pocketbook. I don't care. The worst team in the league should get the first overall pick. I'm not a fan of the draft lottery. Never have been. I think it's a joke. Same here. Hmm. Michael T says the Rangers win draft lotteries. Wink, wink. The Islanders do not. Look, ching money signs on the end. Well, we did win one. We were the worst team in the NHL that year, though, weren't we? But we still won the lottery. Okay. <laughs> Don't you wish we wouldn't have won the lottery now? Looking back at it. What you you wish we were second, so we'd have got a guy like Victor Hedman instead of uh, yeah. But he would have left. He would have left then too. He was I was gonna say he would have left. He would have left. He would have been. <laughs> 
begging at the doorstep let me leave christmas saying um should you try or we should try uh would you try barzal walsham and bellows uh on the first line to see i, I don't understand how you mess up the basic <laughs> question that they're asking i could see if you mess up the details which you do often as well uh, but the fact that you mess up the question where you just take a word out, put a word in. I'm like, dude, that's not what it says. Totally something totally different. Mm. Uh, uh, yes, I would play all of them on the first line. Why not? See what you have. See if that could be your future first line. Wouldn't that be great? Then let you have a first line of points on the board. What is that, is that Orion? Orion's belt? Grumpy? Orion's belt. Orion's belt says, hey, guys, been listening for a year and now finally opening my mouth. Well, well welcome, we Orion. We are ecstatic. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Jeremy F saying the average age on defense drops below 26 if they bring up Sallow and drop Green and Chara currently 30.6. Average age of forward drops to 28 if they drop Parise and Kyle Clutterbuck. More pruning needed, though. True. And I just want to say, you know what Orion's belt is? It's uh, a constellation and like some sort of stars, isn't it? Yes, it is. But also from the movie Men in Black, the original. What? Oh. Orion was the name of the cat of the universe is on Orion's belt. Oh, uh, 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 what are you saying, Grumpy? Forget it. It's a movie reference. I don't expect you to know it. Okay, I don't. J.K. says, do you guys uh, think that they're playing Chara because they want him to get the record for the most all-time games played by a defenseman? If so, this is pathetic. Lou from the landline ain't calling in. I ain't calling anytime soon as this is indefensible. I think that they want to see him get that record. I don't think that's the reason why he's playing, though. They're happy with him in the lineup for whatever reason, but he will break that record as an Islander. He will. Beat out I, think, I think the all-time most games played by a defenseman, I think the Islanders probably are playing him every night. That probably has about an 80% impact on that grumpy. Wouldn't you say about 80%? Mm, 85, 82. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked you didn't make more of a joke of me uh, throwing a freaking callback to you, Grumpy. I didn't care. Yes. Uh, Jesus. Daniel D saying, yeah, it's a sore shoulder, LOL. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, mm, I don't know. I don't know how serious it is. I'll be interested. We do need to get Lou and the landline back up on here, though. We're going to have to open back up the call lines. The call, the call there. Um, Drew S says here, sup, boys. I subscribed during the Boston series last year when you had like 112 subs. Look at you now. Congrats on near 500. Uh, you know what? Thanks, Drew. Imagine, imagine if the Islanders were any good where we would be. <laughs> I, I'm seriously, I, I got to say we're the most entertaining Islander podcast. I don't mean to pat ourselves on the back here, but I've heard a couple of these other podcasts. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> at least we're entertaining. <laughs> at least yeah. I'm entertaining. Yes, I was about to say, at least you are entertaining, Grumpy. Meatball Parm says, good evening. What's up, Meatball Parm? Michael T says, do you really think there's a market for Andy Green or Zidane Chara? Yeah. Now those guys are not going to yield you much. I just think about when we traded for Colburn last year. We gave up a sixth round pick for a seventh defenseman. I just think that some team will say, okay, we could give Chara, you know, a guy who might be able if they have an injury, we could play him, you know, 
13, 14 minutes a night, and we can have him as a seventh defenseman. I think he's a guy who has veteran leadership, the guy who's been there before. Maybe it's to a team that's like, hey, we want somebody to help guide us on our first real deep run in the playoffs. So you're thinking that these people are still looking at um, – they're firing up the VCRs to watch the Dano Chara highlights, do you? Yeah, Grumpy. They're firing up the VCR. They're pulling out the tape. You know what he looks like now? Like you see the new uh, – the way the NFL and other teams, they they focus in on their one, folk, uh, their one player that they're looking at in high depth, and then yeah. everything else is kind of like oh, fuzz yeah, in the yeah, background. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of like what it is with Chara. You'll see all these things. You don't know what the heck's flying around behind them. They're just players. And Char's just standing there. That's what it looks like. What the hell's all that? What's all that movement back there? You could you could watch the game at one and a half times speed, and it looks like Chara's moving at a normal player speed, and everybody else is zipping around all over the place. Looks like they're moving a million miles a second. Jerben saying, Hey boys, love you guys. Love you too, Jerben. Um Got a comment here from Jewel saying, I think the next couple of seasons could either be the Islanders just flat out suck or we're going to be mediocre with the bad contracts and the veterans that we've got on this team. That's why you need to try to move as many of those bad contracts as you can. You're going to get stuck with some of them, but you have to move as many as you can if you want to get better. Because you can't, unless you start getting rid of some of those albatrosses, both uh, contractually and play-wise, you can't improve your top six. You're not going to put Anders Lee on your third line. You're not going to put – they're not going to put Kyle Palmieri on the third line. They're not going to do that. We got Meatball Parm saying here, haven't paid much attention to the fan base in the last couple of days. Do the unicorns and rainbows part of the fan base, a.k.a. the orange and blue sunglasses part of the fan base, think that we're back after that Boston game? No way. Everyone knows we're done now. The Buffalo game was the clincher. That was it. You get doubled up by Buffalo. I know the two empty net goals. There were two Brock Nelson goals at the end for Buffalo. But, I mean, you know, everyone knows they're done. Chris Smith says, Cal Clutterbuck has a good shot. For certain he does. He's a guy who can maybe stun you with a good shot. I mean, I will say, he scored a few playoff goals, too, in the past. If they beat Montreal tomorrow, you might see some of those uh, the blue and orange glass people back, though. For certain you will, because I think we do beat Montreal tomorrow, and we will start to see guys saying, well, we did go ahead and just beat a playoff caliber team in Boston, and now we beat Montreal. We're right back on track, guys, and we're going to beat the Seattle Kraken. We're on a three-game winning streak. We haven't even shown we can score on the Kraken. Go! There it is, Gump. Paul O.C. says, TJ, we're not getting a third-round pick for Parise at 37 years old. You're dreaming a fifth round if we're lucky. I'm telling you, look at what the pass is indicating. What are you doing that for, Grump? Here it is, Paulo. TJ's never wrong. If you don't believe me, just here's, ask him. Here's the thing, Grump. If he gets traded for a third or even a fourth round pick, I'm closer than a sixth or a seventh. Man, come on. A sixth okay. or seventh? Come on, okay. man. Come on. Again, you're misrepresenting what I said. I'm not shocked, but that's not what I said. You said that sounds like what you scenario. Patrick Kane bullshit from years ago. Uh, yeah. It's a carbon copy. Patrick Kane is a better fit for this team. Uh, Andrews Lee is a better fit for this team than Patrick Kane. I really? Said was, I said Andrews Lee. Was it's like saying the puck boy is a better fit than Matt Barzell. That's what it's like saying. I said in a one-year snapshot, Andrews Lee was okay. No, there's no. Oh, I don't care oh, what year. Ah! I don't care what year you take. Andrews Lee was never 
as good as Patrick Kane. I didn't say as good. I never said that. Not I said it was close. more important for the team on and off the ice. Oh, and I go, oh stop. It was one year. Oh, ridiculous. Um, so foolish. No one could want Parise at all. I don't know. He's got Minnesota bad. didn't want him. That's why he was a healthy scratch down the stretch. Only on this team does he get unlimited ice time, penalty kill, power play at 37 years old. And but I'll be like I said, I admit at 750k, he's been worth the investment. JK, too much best mistaking saying here, he's got a great wrist shot when he carries the puck. Yeah, I've been I've been uh happy with his performance. I don't think you'd get a whole lot for a guy like that though. Michael T says guys like Palmieri or Parise uh should get back uh, better than average return because they're likely going to systems where they'd be able to play or they've been where they where they'll be able to play. Yeah, but Palmieri's numbers are so bad for a guy who plays an awful lot of top six minutes. You have to look and he gets paid five million per for another three years. It's like, mm, we're not paying that. And Parise is like, yeah. I don't know. I really don't think Palmieri has any value at this moment when they look at that contract. You buy a house on Long Island, though. Maybe that's a plus. God almighty. Um, uh, Drewell says, speaking of records, what's Lane Lambert's record as a head coach this season? Was it two and two? I think it was two, two and, and one. one. I thought it was two and one. Two and one. We played two cupcake teams and we got rolled by Washington that last game he was coach. Um, Anthony R says, uh, I fear at the deadline that Lou goes up to Parise, Clutterbuck, Chara and asks them if they want to be moved to a contender. And I could see those guys and I could see, um, and I can see because they're not quitters like you guys agree. They say no. Um, I think what he's saying here is he could see he asked Parise, Clutterbuck, Char if they want to get moved to contender, and if they say no, they want to stay on Long Island, they want to retire an Islander. He could, we could see us not trading those players. What a colossal mistake! Okay, I wouldn't even go up to them and ask them. They're in the last year of their deals. You just move them. They don't have probably the only three players on the whole team who don't have some type of no trade clause thrown in here. Is but that a terrible offense? What? Um, for Lou Lamarillo, if he goes up to Chara, Paris, and Clutterbuck, and let's say on the market they're only offering third or fourth round pick. Hey, Clutterbuck, a third or fourth round pick, Parise, a third or fourth round pick, but because those guys want to retire as Islanders and don't want to play, you know, they want to stick it out with the team, we don't trade them away and we sit on them and they retire at the end of this year. If Is that a getting, fireable offense? If you're getting a third or fourth round pick, I don't even ask them. I maybe they say hey. remember Tommy B introduces. I'm gonna do a call. I'm gonna go ahead and paint the picture. Tommy B introduced the fact that he's loyal to a fault sometimes, and that he feels that he will ask Andy Green and Zidane Chara if they would like to be moved to a contender. And if they say no, he won't shop them and he will not entertain trade offers. Okay, here's what I'd say. Big Z, we have four teams looking at you. Bip bop boop bip. Uh, who do you want to go to? I could see him saying that. But it should not preclude him from making a deal at this point in time. No. I'm gonna answer I'm gonna ask again. No, it's not a fireable offense. Do you don't think that's a fireable offense if he sits on assets that he could have gained draft capital for and doesn't trade them because the player didn't want to go? That's not fireable offense. Uh I think it is. Okay. They're not gonna fire Lou Lamarillo. Okay. Okay. Um um, Anthony R says, I think Lou respects those guys and will honor their request. Well, that'd be a mistake. I, I, like I said, I, 
it's just the way the business is. I mean, like I said, if I had an option, yeah, we have three teams that want you. Which one do you want to go to? We're looking to move you all out, put you on a contender. The season's over for us. They're all free agents after the year anyway. Okay, Parise is probably or Char is definitely going to retire. Parise might, and Cal Clutterbuck probably is going to retire too. I mean, Cal Clutterbuck, you remember he doesn't have feeling in two of his fingers and seriously considered retiring two years ago when he's still under contract. I don't see him signing a new contract. I think Cal Clutterbuck retires at the end of this year. And I could see him asking Cal Clutterbuck, do you want to retire an Islander? You've been here your whole career. Do you want to have one more chance to win a cup? He may say, no, I want to retire as an Islander. He may say, no, I want a chance to win a cup. Who the hell knows? Yeah, like I said, that's not stopping me. Uh, you know, Could you, you see to... that stopping Lou, though? That's the question. Not you, because you and I are the same way. Okay. Business decision. But Char's, could you see... Char's been on our team for fifty-one ga- oh, for 43 games. Uh, really? Parise's been here for 40 th- 44 games. Really? We know that Char doesn't want to move anywhere outside the Northeast, though. Remember? I don't give so, a shit. Then retire. I, then trade him to a team in the Northeast. What team in the Northeast is a contender? Everybody that's, that's, but us. No, no, no. Buffalo is not a contender. Rangers. Ran- Do you think the Rangers, with their style, would even say, I want to give anything up for Zidane? Zidane Char would be the slowest guy on the ice by a country mile. He would be a glacier on the Rangers. Do you think the Boston Bruins want back Zidane Chara? Do you think the Washington Capitals want a guy like Zidane Chara? I don't know. I would maybe, say probably not. Maybe Pittsburgh. He's never been to Pittsburgh. <laughs> not, 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 not. Or door knocking. Hey, Pittsburgh, we got a great deal for you. Zidane Char only a seventh round pick. Come on, throw your seventh rounder our way. I don't think they're moving Chara. Really? I think they want to keep him with Dobson for the rest of the year. Oh God. <sighs> Those moves don't do anything for you anyway. They do nothing. Sixth or you. seventh round pick. I don't know. I, you, we, we talk about how sometimes a draft is a crapshoot. I'd rather have more freaking chances at the slot. Why? So we can draft Alexander Lundquist and guys like that. Alexander Lundkrantz. I don't yeah, know, Rob. We don't have any draft. Ca- we don't. We don't have a lot of young guys in a cupboard, man. Throw as many pieces at the draft as you can. You need to stock up, man. Oh my god! What, Grumpy? What is it? You're exasperating sometimes. Oh man, John A says with Leonard out and needing to clear cap. They could swap Alec Martinez for Leonard on long-term injury and then flip him to us for Varlamov. He's a good left-handed defenseman. Not sure if uh, we could milk a pick out as well. Well, I mean, Alec Martinez just or Alec Martinez just signed back. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he wants to go east. I don't know if he has any no-trade or no-move clause in his contract. Um. I like Alec Martinez. I think he'd be a good fit here. That's who I wanted to team up with Dobson. Alec Martinez is 34 years old. Yeah, but that's who I wanted to team up with Dobson this offseason. He was a guy that I really wanted. Not Zidane Ochara. He's got he's got a 16-team no-trade clause, no-trade list. I bet you we're on that. <laughs> I don't know if we are. Next year gets limited down to a 12-team no-trade list, and then the year wow. after an 18. So there's a chance that, you know, he doesn't even have us. He has us on that list and we don't get traded or we're not, we're not a viable option for him to get traded to. Um, can't miss NHL prospect Michael Del Cole. Yeah. I don't think he was a can't miss. I mean, uh, Rich A says, um, if you want to, if you want a bottom line player off your team, it's going to be Clutterbuck. 
there's a lot of guys we could dump off of this sinking vessel. I'm sorry. It's if you want a bottom line player off our team, it's going to be Cal Clutterbuck. Okay. And then Tony G says, TJ is still my favorite. Um, he called the Letty trade. He did. I did. I did. I appreciate it, Tony Cheese. Um, Rich A said, um, you can trade Casey and keep half of his salary, to be honest. Um, I think someone will want Casey's Zika's at $1.5 million. For another five years? Oof. Man, talk about how ugly that, that – again. Well, if you were to do that, if you were – if the Islanders were to retain $1 million off of Casey's contract, when they move him down to – they moved him to the AHL affiliate, it takes off, what, $1.3 million of the contract? So it would only be two hundred k to bury Casey Zizekas in in an AHL affiliate if he's past his peak. That's kind of the best of both worlds, honestly. He will. I mean, I couldn't imagine him wanting to play in in an AHL affiliate. The Islanders would have to eat one million, and the team, if they throw him into Bridgeport, would be able to you know get away one point three million. That would be a cap it on their book. So and what what happens if we dump uh, Lee down there? And only takes off 1.3 million of the cap it, or it's like 1.15, it's something like that 1.15 or 1.3 million off the cap it. What if we have somebody galooly Lee so he can't play for a while and just leave him on long term injury for the rest of his contract? <laughs> that I'm all for. Oh gosh. Uh, Drew L says, prediction in the future, the Islanders will buy out Sezikis and Martin's contract. They're so low. I mean, you can bury Matt Martin in Bridgeport. And his contract doesn't hit you much. So I'm not sure. I'm not sure it's something they're going to do. Why did they sign into that much term? It's it was, They didn't need to. Was there really that much market for Matt Martin and Casey Zekas? We need to give him four and six years? No. Six-year deal for a fourth-line center in his 30s. A four-year deal for a guy who's 32 who can barely even stand up on skates anymore. You give him a four-year deal. I just, it's stupid. It's beyond stupid. You wonder why teams get into salary cap problems? That's why. Look at all the contracts they keep signing. Our guys who are just Jags, just Jags, the Jag squad. So it would remove 1.375 million. So again, you would essentially only have a 125K hit for Casey Zizekas if you determine to bury him in an AHL affiliate, if we were to retain a cap hit of $1 million on him. Yeah, that's fine. Just saying. Um, and then Rich A says, I'm happy Dobson is breaking out. But, of course, it has to happen in his last year of the contract. Yeah, but he's still he just restricted free agent. Hey, I'm still going to say it here. I said it before, and I'll say it again. Wouldn't it be great to sign him to an eight-year contract? It would be. So, uh, Paulo C said, I would not trade our centers. Uh, it's our strong point up front. Maybe Nelson only if we can get something good for him and to bring it and bring Pajot to the second line. Um, yeah, if, if the price is right, I'm moving Nelson. Barzell's staying. Pajot's going to be here. Casey, who cares? Mm. Mm-mm. Got another comment here uh, from Matthew S. saying, U.S. men's team was disappointing this season. Yeah, or disappointing. Yeah. Jeremy F. saying, what do you think Brian uh, Brian Bellows is telling his son Kiefer? Get out of there as soon as you can. Barry Trotz sucks as a coach. I don't know what he's telling him, but just keep working hard. You'll get your chance. Something like that. Yeah. I doubt he's ripping on 
Barry Trotz. I bet you the person who's ripping on Trotz is probably Kiefer to his dad. Matthew S. said, hockey, um, that is, uh, as was the women's and mixed double curling team and the Alpine ski teams. Yeah, I'd never expect the, the Alpine ski team to do anything. Mm. Um, you know, some, I mean, that uh, the Schiffer girl just totally laid an egg this Olympics. The men's team is really not that great. Uh, curling, we flopped. And women's hockey team, they're women's teams. Who cares? Rich the Ace. Family league. Rich, Rich I don't think they could have sold out that stadium even if there weren't crowd restrictions. Rich A says it's arena, not a stadium. Rich A says I'm a big Wallstrom fan, but I noticed the kid stops skating and likes to glide into plays. Is there anybody else in this team who likes to glide into plays? Number 27, captain. <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. Uh, Gregory E says it's because the NHL guys aren't playing Canada, uh, aren't playing Canada and the U.S. would be playing tonight if that were the case. I'm glad. I don't like having the pros in the Olympics. Don't like it. Why is that? Because it takes something away from it. It should be. I mean, these guys are all pros. They make money. They play in the NHL. For a lot of these college kids who play hockey or some scrubby brush salesman who play the positions, it's like their only shot at glory. That's funny. I was talking to the warden today and my mom, and I was saying, you know, that people your age, TJ, have no idea what it was like when we beat the Russians, you can't because you just don't understand the time. You don't understand how great the Russians were and how crappy our teams had been for years and years. And it was just such a, a the greatest upset of the 20th century is what it was called. And it absolutely was. Tony Cheese saying, I thoroughly enjoyed the beating I just took. All in fun jest here, Tony Cheese. Matthew, I said, true. They need NHL guys for years from now. Paul O.C. said here, um, between Nelson and Pajot, if I had to trade one, it would be Nelson because Pajot is better in the face-offs and better all-around center than Pajot and young or Nelson, and he's younger. True. I worry about Pajot. I think that you know he's younger, but the miles in the, the style of game has just taken a toll on Pajot's body. That's worst-case scenario for us. It Maybe I, he's not. Maybe he just needs a year to bounce back. I have no idea. Nelson's got bigger value than Pajot does. That's why I move him. Yeah, he does. Um, Jeremy F said in Bella's last nine games, the team is seven and two. There yep. you go. Remember, he was paying a few of those games earlier. I included the games with the COVID time period to where the team really struggled. But yeah, in the last nine, seven and two. Drew L says, You can thank Grump for this next meme. Oh gosh. Michael T said, Did you guys think that the Giza pyramids line up with Orion's belt? I have no idea. Or did you know that the Giza pyramid? I'll tell you, those pyramids are it's crazy stuff, Grumpy. Have you looked into that stuff? No, I have not. It's worth taking a gander at, Grumpy. That's all I'm going to say. It's worth taking a gander at. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, interesting, though. Was that? That's interesting. The way it's lined up, the exact angles, everything, how everything was built, it's just crazy. I think... I, I don't know. I like listening and entertaining the idea that possibly there was intervention by other individuals or third parties that helped create these massive structures. Chris S said, uh, do you think the Islanders should have kept Gustafson and cut Chara instead at the beginning of the season? No. And the reason being that could you imagine a Gustafson Dobson pairing on the blue line? I mean, Gustafson is all offense, no defense. 
why did what did you want from your defense pairing? Because I never thought we were winning this year anyway. You want to make sure that Noah Dobson develops. Is Gustafson going to help him develop as an overall player, or is Chara going to be more helpful? I think we know the answer to that. So I don't have a problem with that. I think people overestimate Gustafson. Goon Goon says, um, Grumpy Old Man, in your estimation, who is the grumpiest Islander of all time? I'd use the bathroom. I'll be right back. Oh, On this question, this isn't – oh, my gosh. Billy Smith. I'll wait, Grumpy. I'll wait. Yeah, Billy Smith. Okay. Boston won tonight. Uh, the cockroach um, in the Edgar suit was one of the best characters ever. Yeah, you can put that one on. We'll do that one. You can disappear now. What is, the, can, what is the cockroach in the Edgar suit? In the movie Men in Black. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I wrote some. It was Vincent D'Onofrio played that role. And probably is he was also in uh, you know the Law and Order TV shows. I don't know which one. But uh, he'll always be, for me, known as Private Pile from Full Metal Jacket, which was just a fantastic movie directed by Stanley Kubrick. I believe it came out in 1980. Um, but it was really a tremendous movie. And just the, the amount of abuse that that recruit took, uh, well, I'm not going to give away the, the ending or what happens with Private Pile because, you know, even though I know it's 40-some-odd years old, I don't want to ruin it for anyone. But you should definitely watch that. And Kubrick was a great filmmaker, and that one was no exception. Uh, two sections. One was boot camp and one was in Vietnam. And uh, the end kind of showed the futility of the United States or whoever, um, you know, whoever was fighting over there with us. Um, what happens with the resources that we were throwing and what the other team, what the other team, what the North Koreans were, or the North Vietnamese, excuse me, were throwing at us. And uh, like I said, just the symbolism there was really fantastic. And you got to see it. I thought it was a really smart movie as well and fully enjoyed it without a doubt. Oh, look who's back. With the, what are those little Christmas pants you have on there? Was a little uh, little Christmas pants you're wearing there? Yeah, I'm wearing Christmas pants, Grump. Oh, you got an issue with it? No, I just asked if those are little Christmas pants you're wearing. Yeah, every day is Christmas over here when I get to do a podcast with you, Grumpy. Okay. <laughs> um, Michael T says, Hall of Famer and Islanders legend Billy Smith was known for being Grumpy. That's who I picked. Uh, Jake K saying, um, if we were asking Cal Clutterbuck and Chara if it's okay for them to be traded, the tail is wagging the dog. Yeah. I, like I said, I'm, the only guy I go up and ask and try to convince is, uh, is Anders Lee. That one you have to schmooze. But those guys, no, sorry. You know what the business is. Team sucks, we move you out. Drew L says, still wondering why Barzal and Lou haven't been resigned. Barry and Lou. Oh, Barry, I'm sorry. Barry and Lou haven't been resigned. Is Ledecky serious about not retaining them? Lou's going to be into his 80s when his contract expires. Barry Trotz is going to be another year towards suckdom. So maybe that's what the thought is. Yeah, you know, we've gone as far as we can with these guys. Like I said, what I think they should do is look at certain teams who are successful in today's NHL, Florida, Tampa, um, Carolina, teams like that, and just try to pluck one of, their, one of their assistant GMs, make them the GM, and move Lou up to be president of hockey operations, whatever. Just kick them upstairs. Um, Anthony R said, I agree guys about those, about those players regarding trading them. 
I just think you underestimate Lou and the relationship and how he feels for some of those guys. Parise, he has so much more history with, and Clutterbuck is a warrior. Well, he might have had history with Parise, but he didn't even re-sign him when he was an unrestricted free agent. Boom. I think he's got a special spot in the heart for him. Chris S. says, um, how is the Islanders European players doing? Uh, do you know how Ratu, uh, do you know other than Ratu, who is good? I was about to say, now we're in that point of the season where everybody's looking at prospects like, hey, how's the farm looking? The season's over. How, hey, how are the draft picks looking, guys? I think our farm system is pretty underwhelming as a whole. It's barren. It's barren. I mean, the European guy, he's the best. Um, but uh, Tikkanen, right? He's starting to play up in the in the uh, the pro league or the highest league, I think, in in uh, in the Finnish league. Um, but he's a big goalie. But yeah, his numbers haven't been great. I, I can't tell you I watch enough of those those European games. Um, Anthony R says uh, that's why Lee won't be traded as long as Lou and Barry are here. And then Michael T said the guy in the cockroach Edgar suit was also Private Pile in Full Metal Jacket. Yes, I uh, went on about that while TJ was doing whatever you were doing. DDT says here, does Lou get another general manager of the year? They're going to ask him to give back the last two that he did get. Lou Lamarillo should be named general manager of the year, and the season hasn't even started yet, Grump. Do you remember that? We read stuff like that this offseason. Holy Buffoons, shit. Buffoonery, total buffoonery. <laughs> Tom Foolery, too. Anthony R. said, I wonder if Lou will ask Martin to retire and give him a front office position. I could see something with PR because he's very popular in Long Island. On Long Island, he's very popular with the ladies. Ladies. Like a modern-day Bobby Nystrom, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> you already have a Bobby Nystrom, a way better one. Michael T said, let's trade Chara, Green, Parise, and Palmieri to Colorado in return for Devon Taves. I'll make that. I'll, I'll do that deal. Colorado won't, but I would. Anthony Francis is making grumpy old man. He's making the case and showing he's pulling together clips. Meticulous. I don't know how Anthony Francis finds enough time. I don't know how he does. Um, or He doesn't uh, do anything. Andy, sorry, Andy. Andy. Um, but uh, what? Oh, he works. <laughs> I don't know how Andy finds enough time in the day, um, but he's clipping together a whole bunch of Devon Taves clips and people are saying, oh, well, no, uh, Kale McCarr makes them. And he's showing these clips of offensive spurts and how Devon Taves is able to help the offense and help our team in transition single-handedly. And it's, I tell you, it's fantastic. Andy was pulling that together. He's working on, he said that it's going to be a masterpiece. He said he's going to need, he's going to put a whole bunch of hours in, but Andy said it's going to, it's going to be, it's, he said it's going to be one of his best works yet. Okay. So I'm just letting you know. And as we get him, I'll make sure to show it. Uh, Michael T says, My favorite Winter Olympic event to watch so far has been the skeleton. Yeah, that's pretty neat. Mm. Um, Christopher, I've gotten C. into it. I got, you know, with us doing so many podcasts every week, it's difficult to watch, but I've been watching a little bit and I'm like, Oh, yeah, I like the Winter Olympics better than the summer, actually. Um, I watched the biathlon, that shooting and cross country skiing. See, I like that one. I get to watch that. I like when they go and they get to take the penalty I mean, laps. The wind was blowing like 15 miles an hour and they had hit targets. I mean, and, you know, it's like not like the targets like two foot in front of you. I mean, you know, they have the big long scopes on it. It's like, ugh. it's like, oh, <laughs> they got to go and get their breath. It's like how far they miss. Oh, that was a bad shot. And I'm like, I couldn't, I couldn't, in a perfect situation, I, I couldn't even. <laughs> dream to hit one of those tiny little targets 
and the whole thing is you get like a penalty lap you have to take and it's like yes. 25 seconds like oh man you got to be able to shoot uh-huh uh christopher c saying i don't know about you guys but i'm not giving up yet after this win i see a playoff shot whether you like it or not okay christopher's a true believer we love you christopher china had capacity restrictions and uh Schriffen had a rough two weeks but she's still the goat yeah she just she had a really bad uh I tell you who that is Schriffen. what did she do she's a, a skier she skis like her best events are slalom giant slalom uh she does it downhill in the super combined but she's not been good she dnf'd at least three she dnf did not finish fair enough she she had she had a tough meet without that fair enough fair enough grumpy moving right along there uh chris e said uh, chris s saying here agreed grumpy man nhl players shouldn't play in the olympics yeah i mean i don't know it just it, i like when the amateurs play um now the russians were never amateurs of course but that's what made it so sweet beating them everyone knew but you know what so what it, you, the miracle on ice was just incredible Juel said, I'm sorry, Grump. All I could see was the Miracle on Ice film to even remotely sniff the picture of how big that game was. Yeah, no. You have to remember the times we were in. Uh, America was really, uh, Jimmy Carter was president. What a loser. And, you know, they had the fight with Afghanistan. Um, we didn't go to the Olympics in Montreal because the Russians were going or I forget when we didn't go to some Olympics. Maybe it was the Moscow Olympics. We didn't go. They decided the last minute to go. The Russian team was the best hockey team in the world. They came and played the NHL regular teams and just kicked the shit out of them. The only team that beat them was the Philadelphia Flyers because they were doing their cheap shot and shit. And uh, then they played Team USA I remember at Madison Square Garden like a week or two before the Olympics, and they just hammered us 10-3. to 3. And we had so many tight games uh, leading up to that Olympics. And then uh, the Sweden game in particular in the Olympics. And it was just incredible how we came back. And I just remember watching Friday night. And this was before, you know, internet where everything came out. Nobody told you what the game was. They wouldn't tell you the result. Um, but then, you know, they put it on 8 o'clock at night. Nobody knew. No internet. No phone. Oh, hey, this is what happened. Nobody knew. And it was just sensational. It was incredible. Matthew said, I'm okay with having a mix of amateurs and NHL players on Olympic teams. Tony Chi is saying, oh, shit, I feel a world history intermission show. Episode one, the Great Oli the great Pyramids. Uh, do you know that some people think that dinosaurs helped with the building of the pyramids? John A. said, um, with next year in mind, who did the Islanders target at left defense? Lynn Holmes going to have many suitors, uh, suitors, or do we have our, our reunion with uh, Nick Letty or Mark Giordano? Sallow will be the third pair left defenseman. Bull Duke has regressed, uh, so options are thin. I think that uh, I think we'll go after a guy like Giordano. I really think that that fits I, this team's mo. I, I again, I'm not looking for a guy who's 38 years old or 39 years old. Neither am I. But I'm still. I, who do you think? I, oh, I, Nick Letty. I think brings some. No. I think Nick. No, no. I'm just talking about. I think Detroit wants to keep Letty. That defensive core is really young. I think they want to extend them if they could for ideally two more years. 
we're going to need some help on defense because, I mean, let's be honest. we got to figure that Chara and Green are both going. Salo yes. takes one spot and whoever. I mean, you might need to make a trade to get a left-handed defenseman. And this is if you lose. I mean, imagine how everything gets magnified if you lose a guy like Mayfield. He's right-handed. Like, I'm, just, I'm just saying with your defensive core in general, right, we're talking about how many new faces that we could have in the lineup. If we're going to lose Char, who's been an every game player for us, Green, who's been an every game player for us. And if you, you know, the value is fantastic on Mayfield, you trade a Mayfield. Those are three defensemen that are leaving your defensive core. Yeah. And they've had a lot of movement the last couple of years. But you know what? At some point in time, you just have to say, okay, we're just doing that. I don't think Mayfield's going anywhere. For some reason, I think they're just going to keep him. Well, that tells you they're looking to compete for now. Right. If they trade away Mayfield, I think that tells you all you need to know because there's no way in hell we're going to be able to re-sign back Mayfield. Or I would be utterly shocked and thoroughly shocked if we do just because, oh, Christ, man, he's going to want to get paid. Say it again. Never gotten a really big contract. He's making $1.45 million right now a year. He's going to want to get paid. And I don't blame him. Michael T says, TJ, it sounds like you may be a fan of the History Channel, Ancient Alien series. I'm not sure what that is, but... <sighs> He's probably right. a fan of Unsolved Mysteries with Robert Stack. Matthew said, wait, what in the heck kind of shorts are you wearing, TJ? I'm wearing actually sleep pants. They're stand Christmas. Up, stand up and show the people what they're you're Christmas. wearing. They're Christmas theme, Grumpy. Stand, Just up, need to look stand at up, show the people what you're wearing. Oh my gosh, look at that. They're Christmas theme shorts. Very nice. Or pants. Um, Frank K saying, law and order criminal DiFrio. Okay. Don yeah, Frio yeah. was in. Vincent D'Onofrio. 1987 was the year that Phil came. Thank you so much. Yes, that's right, Chris. Uh, you can suck on a you, you can suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Christmas pants, says Matthew S. Oh, yeah. Alexander says, hey, guys, just got back from a nice dinner with the wife. What's up, nice. Alexander? I hope you're doing well. Hey, Me, Paul I like Alexander taking his, his young lady out there every weekend. I like it. Uh, Meatball Parm saying, um, I played on the 1980 rink in a Can-Am tournament. Um, and it was, it was absolutely amazing. I wish I was around to see that game. It was incredible. Mm. Um, and Alexander said, do you agree that we should tank for the rest of the season? I don't think this team gets better without a top five pick. Um, well, Nicole said the draft is like 10 deep. So, I mean, we need so much help. Like I said, I'm willing to move players to try to get more first round picks, more kicks at the can. That's what, that's what I'm looking for. Michael T says, grumpy, stop stealing my comments. Are you still in comments? Grumpy? I don't know what comments he's talking about, but who knows? Maybe I, I, just, I don't know. Uh, what are the top free agents that you guys are targeting? <laughs> Under trots, you're not going to get anybody off. Freddie Freeman. I think the Yankees should go after Freddie Freeman when the lockout is over. <laughs> oh, man. Philip Forsberg or Johnny Goudreau. Unfortunately, they'll never sign here with Barry Trotz as a coach. Honestly, I think curling is more fun to watch than Islanders hockey. It is fun to watch and certainly more than Islanders hockey. Off topic, the Islanders have uh, uh, off topic from the Islanders. I've watched a bunch of some of the older Super Bowl halftime shows from the 80s and 90s and geez. They were bad, especially the Disney one, the fake Elvis Presley and Indiana Jones. What? Yeah. Yeah. The halftime shows were, you know, hit and miss. I didn't even know they did that. My God. Yeah. They've done a, they were, the ones in the 70s were really bad. You think that was bad? Oof. 
Uh, Shooters Puck Hockey said Pajot won playing in Montreal tomorrow. Uh, we definitely wanted to play Montreal last year. We were so close. The Islanders had their cup, or had their cup, just didn't have enough talent. Oh my God! Stop living in the past. It's <laughs> over. Me. You didn't make it. Uh, Chris asked, saying the Russians taking their goalie out after the goal before the end of the period was a mistake. I think. Yeah, Tretiak, who was the best goalie in the world, gave up a late goal in the first period, and they benched him. And they brought in a backup who never played. Mm. Um, gosh, what the hell was his name? I forget. doesn't matter. But they wound up giving up two goals after that, and that was that. I mean, but they had a th- the Russians had a 3-2 to two lead, I believe, going into the third period. Mm. Like I said, and then Ruggioni scoring that goal. Holy crap. And running on the ice. Running on the ice. Mark Ruzioni. Oh, it was on 10 minutes. Uh, the last 10 minutes of the game. I think he scored with 10 minutes to go. And just they just hung on. The Russians, they did not even know how to pull a goalie. They didn't even know how to do it because they'd never done it before. They won everything by 100 goals. They didn't know what, well, extra skater. Well, we don't know what the hell to do. What's that? <laughs> Alexander said, uh, do you think maybe they trade for a guy like Fairby? No, why would why would why would, why why would, would Philadelphia make that deal? Isn't he with Philadelphia, Fabry, or is he with Detroit? He's with Detroit. Let me see. He's with Detroit. Okay. Why Fabry. would they make that deal? Fabry. Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't see them moving him. No chance. I mean, a given they are given. Yeah, I don't I don't see it happening. Um, criminal intent. Was a great one. Drew says, "Tisha, your pajama pants look like Dan and Shay Christmas single cover." I'm not sure what that is, but okay. Um, but I hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well too, Alexander. Um, and then New York Rangers. Michigan. Uh, it was Michigan. Michigan was his name. Yes, Michigan. Michigan. Okay, there it is. No Nashville. The, oh, the defenseman from Nashville. Okay, I was thinking about Robbie Fabry or Fabry. Uh, let me pull up here. We're talking about. I'm not sure who that. Let me see here. I'm not seeing I respell that, uh, Alexander. I'm having a tough time finding anybody there for, on, on Nashville. Michael T saying, I remember being at the Islanders game uh, where they shelled U.S. goalie Jim Craig and chased him from the game. 10 to 3. I think they, I don't even know how many shots on goal. It seemed like they only put 14 shots on goal. Just being the passes, bing, bang, boom, bang. Holy crap. They were incredible to watch. Now, he was playing for the Flames at the time. And the Islanders were playing against the Calgary Flames, and okay. Craig was a goalie. I don't think I, I don't think Jimmy Craig had a long or illustrious career in the NHL, did he? He, no, he played for the Atlanta Flames um, after the Olympics, but he wasn't great. He was a third round pick for them, but a lot of those guys did wind up going to the pros. But just watching them, the, the Canadians wouldn't even pass the players; they just threw the puck to spots. Everything was system, and you know they just just their skating. They just skated to spots and they're waiting for it was just it was incredible to watch. Honestly, fantastic. Mm. Oh, Fabro. Oh, okay. I'll pull up his stats here for you, Grumpy. What's his age? If you Dante continue. Fabro. Um, 23. Why would Nash why would Nashville look to trade him? Yeah. I don't see. I mean, you always have to ask the question, why would why would a team want to trade a young defenseman mm. like that? You know, not everybody's dumb enough to trade Devon Taves. 
only one guy. Uh, but uh, Grumpy, we're here at the end of the day's podcast. What do you want to say before we wrap things up? I just want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens, and even those who don't, from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man, go Islanders tomorrow against Montreal. Absolutely. Thank you again, Grumpy Old Man, for being a part of the podcast. As always, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Big game against Montreal. A must-lose game for the Islanders, guys, who it's a big battle for draft position. Um, we could say if the Islanders don't win tomorrow, the season's over. No, I'm just I- kidding. All jokes aside. Thank goodness for the greatest fans in hockey, New York Islander fans. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Grumpy. Thank you for tuning in, and have a great evening, Grump. My pleasure.